Dionisio at the plate. He's over two today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And we went to the Chicago Cubs versus Arizona Diamondbacks game at Wrigley Field on Thursday, May 19th. This episode is our recap of all the goings on at that game. But first, it's episode number 164. So, Jeremy, who is your number 164 guy? All right, Jack. My 164 guy is Andy Van Slyke. Ah, me too. You had him too? Okay. I sure did, yeah. Well, this will, you know, it'll make for quick work, I suppose. Right. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I picked, I don't know, there was a couple, like Francisco Lindor was on there or something mm-hmm. too, but um, I don't know. I, I Andy Van Slyke, for all the, like, pirates of that era that I disliked, and Andy Van Slyke was, like, a Cubs killer, I think, too. Like, he also did good against the Cubs. I, I mean, that the teams the teams that I'm thinking of were just good Pirates teams. Yeah. So, of course, they did good against the Cubs. But um, I always kind of liked Andy Van Slyke. I remember, like, being a little kid and, like, finding, like, an old baseball card of his and, find, and realizing he started out on the Cardinals, which kind of blew my mind. Like, at the time, like, I came to know him i feel like he I, he just felt like he was just a pirate you know mm-hmm. um but uh yeah 164 career home runs um led the league in triples once um tied for the league in doubles i think once and hits in 1992 uh let's see he made three all-star games two silver sluggers five gold gloves um i do not remember his I maybe remember his Orioles stint at the end of his career, but the Phillies stint I do not remember at all. Um, but to me, uh, like, I, I also think, like, he was, like, a guy who didn't wear batting gloves. That also stood out to me about Andy Van Slyke. But to me, like, my favorite story about Andy Van Slyke, I feel like I we've talked about it on the podcast, but I'll just reiterate it just for the heck of it. But... Um, Back in the day, when M- when MLB Network first started, they would like do these games. They would show these classic games, and they would have like someone from like each team, and then like maybe a third person, like either an announcer or an umpire or somebody. And they would they would be in studio with Bob Costas, and they would talk about the game like in between commercial breaks, and it was really cool. And they showed the 1991, I guess it was NLCS uh, game between the Pirates and the Braves, where Sid Bream. Um, came in and slid um, safe to send the uh, the Braves to the um, the World Series, and the the Pirates lost. And then that I think that was like the last time that they made the playoffs uh, up until like you know twenty sixteen or something like that, or well no twenty fourteen or something. Um, but um, let's see. But they they told the story about like um, I think the guy's name was like Francisco Cabrera who got that hit. And there was, like, before the pitch, like, Andy Van Slyke was telling, like, uh, Barry Bonds to, like, move over um, for defensive uh, positioning. And and Barry Bonds looked at him and flicked him off, (laughs) Um, gave him the middle finger. And then, like, of course, then, like, Cabrera hits the ball. uh, Bonds has to go to, like, his, like... um, well, he was a left-handed thrower, right, Jack? Yes, I believe Bonds was, yeah. So he must have had to go, like, to his, like, right or something. And then, like, you know, he, he didn't get, like, a 
like a clean shot at fielding the ball. And, you know, he was and Sid Bream ended up being safe by like an eyelash. And it's like, you know, any little any little adjustment would have like made the difference in that situation. And Vance like tried to like tell Bonds, you know, to, to change his positioning. And he and he him the middle finger. And then, uh, uh, you know, they lost. And uh, Vance like told that story like on the MLB network or whatever. And uh, I would, like kind of blew my mind. And it's like if you already thought Barry Bonds was if, if you didn't think it was a, an a-hole enough as is. That was, uh, you know, further further proof and like confirmation, I guess. Yeah, that that's great. Um, you know, I, I think that that and the Jim Leland uh, video, which you recently brought to my attention with yeah. Jim Leland and Barry Bonds, kind of tells you everything <laughs> you need to know about the Barry Bonds uh, era in Pittsburgh. Um, uh, that that is crazy. Like that's a story that's straight from the horse's mouth. The flipping off thing seems like it'd be one of those uh, you know old wives' tales that people would tell about that that play, but. Uh, if Andy Van Slyke confirms it, I mean, there's no reason for him to like say that and and it have it not be true, because um, right. you know, because Barry Bonds is still alive and you know somebody could ask him about it. So that's yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, also shows you that like maybe Andy Van Slyke had a pretty good baseball IQ. Uh, yeah, if he was telling him to do that, I know he was a base coach I think for a while for the Mariners. Um, I don't know if he's still coaching. Uh, I'll say two things about Andy Van Slyke. The first is that uh, I only knew him as an outfielder because um, uh, I started mm-hmm. watching baseball in the you know, early to mid-90s. Um, he only ever played outfield uh, from 1990 to 95. Uh, and he was a good fielder, too. He won a couple gold gloves. Uh, but in the 80s, he debuted in 83. Uh, he also played some first base and third base, too. So I never knew him as an infielder. Uh, so that's that's interesting. So, yeah, he was a guy who was able to play in the major leagues at, at multiple positions, both in the infield and the outfield. Um, my favorite thing about Andy Van Slyke, though, is if you look up his 1995 starting lineup figure, which I believe I had, uh, he uh, he has the glove on the wrong arm. So he has the, mm. he has a wrong throwing arm. Um, they, they have his throwing arm as his left arm. But I don't know if you ever had starting lineup figures, Jeremy, but, like, when they're in the box, like, right next to it is a picture of him catching a ball, uh, like, as a right-handed fielder. Nice. Yeah. So that's a a pretty terrific uh, error. Um, And, and like, you'd think that somebody would have looked at the model for that and said, like, hey, wait a minute. This this needs to be changed. Um, But I guess mistakes happen. Um, When I got surgery on my left elbow... They, they wrote, uh, like, this one on the arm that I was doing with a Sharpie, uh, yeah. which didn't seem very scientific to me. Uh, and it, it doesn't give you a lot of confidence uh, in what's about to happen. So, you, you know, if, if they can do that for a, at a doctor's office, maybe they could do that in the starting lineup <laughs> factory. Yeah. I Sometimes I got the vibe that they, like, had the same, like, figure. They just had, like, a, a left-handed figure and a right-handed figure and they just painted like the different like you know uniforms on it maybe changed like the head yeah you know um but uh yeah that's uh that's cool well hey that's a that's an error that's an error uh starting lineup um yeah. you know error cards were really big in the 80s um and the 90s and so um yeah I, i'm sure i i wonder if I, I, is like that one worth any more money i wonder like uh, the, the one i'm looking at on ebay has is, is uh being sold for ten dollars so yeah, well there you go it d- doesn't seem well, the, like it although although the box looks pretty damaged on that one um well 
error cards, the error cards are not worth what they used to be anymore either. There was used to be, I remember there was a Billy Spires error card that was like worth like a hundred dollars and now oh, wow. you could probably get it for like a buck 50. So <laughs> did you ever, uh, did you ever collect, uh, collect starting lineup figures? Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I would, um, I remember like I, I grew up, uh, the, the, the house where I grew up, like we had like a balcony, um, and, uh, it was like a cement, like a concrete, you know, bottom of the balcony. And I would like take chalk and I would draw like the the baseball diamond and then I would like put like all the starting lineups like out on the diamond and then like you know you really couldn't do anything after that I just like to set them up and like look at it and like draw like the batter's box and stuff yeah but, uh, oh yeah definitely yeah you know they weren't particularly too fun to play with um yeah I'll say that I'll say that about them they're cool to look at though uh I I had a I had a whole bunch of them um when I was a kid, uh, I remember like getting the Packers ones was a big deal. Like the getting the Brett Favre one. Cause the football ones would come with a helmet, which was yes. awesome. Yeah. The football ones were like extra cool. Cause that helmet came off and stuff. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so that was good. Do, you, do they still make those? Do you think, you know what? I just saw something about like, I don't know if they're making NFTs or something, but mm-hmm. I just saw something about starting lineup. Um, like I don't know what it is, but like they're I think they're like trying to like re um revive the the brand, you know. Nice. Um, I would be down for that. Although I th- I think that action figures uh, look a little too realistic these days. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I guess maybe that's better than like putting a glove on a wrong hand of a guy. So you know you gotta you, you gotta you gotta weigh it, uh, as Eric Estrada would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jack. Here a starting lineup pulse. Uh, I don't know what Pulse, Hasbro Pulse. Oh, maybe that's like, that's, okay, so Hasbro, like, maybe is, that's what they're called now. Yeah, we're back September 22nd, 2022. Uh, If you were a sports fanatic back in the 80s and 90s, chances are you had a few starting lineup action figures on your shelf. If you're a sports fanatic today, just wait until you see what we're dropping this fall. Starting lineup is back September 22nd. Wow. So there you go. Okay, so that's this year. This year they're coming back. Yeah, interesting that you brought that up. Yeah, I did, I just saw that like maybe two days ago or something. Nice. So nice. Maybe have to pretty pick wild. One of those up. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I was also gonna say like you know like in that story, Andy Van Slyke uh, was flicked off by Barry Bonds, and um, that's a little that's a little teaser as to like something that we'll talk about later where we were given the middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, that's that's terrific. Uh, okay, uh, well, we might as well get to the uh, the actual game in question. Uh, Diamondbacks versus Cubs. This is our second time seeing the Diamondbacks uh, for this podcast, which is mm-hmm. cool. I actually didn't remember that, so Jeremy had to remind me of it. Um, yeah, the weather was significantly warmer. Beautiful weather, so it was, it was a nice nice game to go to on a Thursday night. It was. Yeah, we were uh, sitting um, upper deck box, which uh, you know best seats in the house for sure. It's nice that we can kind of get those at will now, um, and. Um, we got them for the cheapest price like possible on on StubHub, which is uh, six bucks face value. So after fees, it comes out to like nine dollars and forty cents or something. Um, so we got them for super cheap for upper deck box. You can't beat that. Um, <clears throat> the one irony of the situation was that we were down the first base line, which we normally sit the other side of the field. And I was like, well, let's change it up this time. Yeah. And then and then like the the sun was setting like right in our face for like the first like three innings. Um, and it was like, it was, it was a warm sun. So I think I, I think I got a little colored, but only on like one side of my face, um, you know, such as life. But, uh, you know, it was, 
you know, in that in that instance, I'm like, we should have just you know stayed on the on the third base line, but it was there were still really nice seats. Yeah, I had been thinking it'd been a while since we we sat on sat in right field. So uh, yeah, I was mm-hmm. I was happy happy you made that call. And there was no way we could have foreseen the sun being a problem. But uh, you no. know, once once the fourth inning hit, we were okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so we arrived separately mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> to the ballpark. Um, I was, um, you know, we, I think we both, uh, you know, entered the, uh, like approached the stadium with the hopes of getting autographs, uh, later on. And so I brought, um, I, I, I wanted to, I, I've been starting to bring, I've started to bring cards this year, um, to, to get autographed. And, um, so I brought some Diamondbacks cards. I like, you know, ran through my collection really quick and grabbed some. And I was like, I have like my, the clipboard that I bring now to like minor league games and to White Sox games. I, I made this little, like, kind of like makeshift, like card holder on the back. So I could like have the players give them like a hard surface to sign my card. Um, most of the autograph freaks have like these binders or whatever. And I, I don't quite, I don't quite want to go there just yet because I don't, I feel like once I do that, I'm. I'm full like autograph freak, but, um, so I wanted to bring my clipboard though anyway. And I, I got in there first before Jack got there to the stadium. Um, I walked, I went, entered through the left field, uh, bleachers and uh, section left field corner section. And, um, <clears throat> I went right up to the, um, the stand where they sell the scorecards. And, uh, I had my like clipboard in hand and I kind of like, I walk right towards the, cashier and she before i can even say anything she's like scorecard <laughs> and i'm mm-hmm. like well yeah scorecard and uh and you know we did the transaction now i don't know if she recognizes me at this point um but i assume it's because i was carrying a fucking clipboard at a baseball game that she knew i was like a scorecard guy um and so i was i was profiled uh as a scorekeeper i guess um and you know i i I don't necessarily take offense to it, but it was just funny that like, I didn't, I'm at the point now where I don't like, I have the look where you don't even have to, I don't even have to ask. They just like pull the scorecard out and sell it to me. Yeah, sure. Well, I, when I got in there, um, I, uh, you know, I, I bought one too. Uh, and she said, yeah, if you got, if you got two bucks, you can just give me that uh, or something Mm -hmm. like, and I said, I, I actually had cash on me. I usually don't, but I, I had a five on me. So I said, well, I got I got a five. She said, oh, we don't have change here. And so it's like, you don't, have, <laughs> you don't have fucking $3 in change at a gift shop? Come on. Well, they um, don't take cash. That's the thing. Yeah, that's that, that's That's the goofy thing is like, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's like, I'll take your cash. Oh, sorry, we don't have change. <laughs> but it's yeah. like, that's funny. You actually probably would have got my $2 if... if, <laughs> if if they could have done it, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's funny. That's yeah. pretty, yeah, it's goofy. Like they, they went away from cash because of COVID, I uh-huh. theoretically, uh, but, um, you know, they, they don't have any other COVID restrictions, but it's still cashless. And so I, th- I think it's just going to remain cashless, but yeah, like the scorecard is like the only thing you can get in the stadium for, for $2. So they're like, yeah, just give us $2 for that. Yeah, um, that's it. Must be maybe it's just an inconvenience for uh, like Wrigley Field to for them to have cash at their at their registers. Um, I mean, I'm sure it involves like a, a fucking uh, you know armored cars coming to pick all that stuff up after the game. So maybe maybe they save a lot on cost just not having not having to deal with cash. Um, but also like I tried, I was trying to put my credit card in, and it was one of those credit card readers that like it, you had to like give it an extra oomph to like you know to get oh, it to yeah. to get it to read your chip um 
So I, uh, and like it kept fucking up. And I was like, am I not going to be able to get this scorecard because I, <laughs> I have a five, I have five dollars and they can't make change. I would have made, eventually I think I would have just said, look, just take the five, just give me the scorecard, please. <laughs> um, I wonder if they would have done it. So, uh, well, yeah, we, anyway, I, I guess, you know, through much, uh, much ado, like we, we both ended up getting scorecards. That's funny, Jack, cause I, I owed you two bucks and I offered to buy you your scorecard and you, you, you passed on it. And, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> that would have been extra, uh, ironic if, um. If, if that didn't happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I entered through left field. I, I just, I didn't really look where our tickets were. It's probably stupid to enter through left field because even though I was coming from that direction, cause I come from the North side, um, and that's the closest entrance. Uh, I had to walk clear across the stadium and I, I got in at about six. By the time I bought that scorecard, it was like six twenty one, and the game started at six forty. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I have some time. I'm missing them, like, announcing the starting lineups, but they, they usually do that pretty early. Uh, but I, I had to walk clear across the stadium, and it, it is maddening um, how slow people walk in a ballpark. Like, yeah. I had I had to be very choiceful about I was like, okay, I see an opening here. I'm going to dart through it. Um, and I, I had to keep doing that for, like, 10 minutes. It was very frustrating. It's, it's like when you're stuck in traffic and you can't understand why you're not moving or things are going so slow. Because like if everybody just moved, went fast and made the right decisions, we'd all be able to just go faster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely maddening. And um, I actually later on when we were leaving the stadium, I darted past someone and, and I actually left Jack in my in my dust. Yeah, you uh-huh. did, man. I was just like, <laughs> you know, I got I got stuck behind uh, George Murison back there. It was like this. <laughs> That's there was right. like this guy who oh, was, shit. Yeah. yeah, there was this guy, you know, it's fine to talk about this now, but he was like, he was like seven foot six. I mean, yeah. you know, we're not, we're not exactly tall guys, but this guy was like, this guy was like two feet taller than us. Um, and like his, his ass had gotten so sweaty that like he had a stain on the back of his pants, which was like, oh, right, with, you know, cause he was seven, six. It was like right in my face. Oh, uh, man. but anyway, Jeremy just like, you know, he, he goes into like Sonic the Hedgehog mode and just like speeds through all these people. And I was like, well, we're going to have to leave at the same time. Cause we're, you know, we're going <laughs> to wait at the bus together. So I don't know what's going on, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to, I was not going to suffer that fool because they were like, we were leaving from the upper deck and like, you know, when you go down the, uh, like the ramp to leave the upper deck, once you get down to the first, down the first ramp, there's like a, like a little, like cut out with a chain link fence where you could like look out and see the sidewalk and those idiots were like looking out of there like looking at the street for some reason i don't know what the hell they were looking at because they were about to just be out there if they would have kept going and i'm like fuck this and like they 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 were like looking and then like they started backing away and like yeah this guy was fucking like a fucking sequoia tree and i'm just <laughs> like i'm just like get me out like get me away from this guy and um and i darted through and uh, yeah, I you know I do that walking the streets of downtown, uh, also Jack. Like, uh-huh. It was pre-pandemic, and like it makes me feel. I, I sometimes I feel like I'm like Barry Sanders, like like juking and jiving through like like all the people, and sure. I'm like I'm like this would have been fun to be a running back, like and just like kind of do- dodging people, like that's that's got to be part of the fun of it. Well, just don't uh, don't get caught up in like some wire that's next to a bush. Yes, that is true. That yes, that occurred to me. I remember that 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 instance that happened um, when I because I was also like walking to the stadium by myself, and I I did that. I kind of cut around people like between the car and like the the curb, and uh, I was like, oh yeah, 
Like Jack wiped out this way. Oh so. God. Okay. Every time I passed that area, man, I was just like, Jesus, this is where it happened. <laughs> um, it was, what a bad fall. Bad fall. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, George Murison, like people, I also encountered. I encountered on my own um, an, a, a vertically gifted uh, oddity of the uh-huh. world. Um, but this was a woman. And um, I was really trying, like, so, yeah, I was coming in and, like, I kind of almost got stuck behind this, like, crazy tall woman. Like, it, she might have been the tallest woman I've ever seen in my life. Um, and, like, I was I was really trying to, like, guess, like, how tall she was because, yeah, because we aren't uh, very, you know, we're not that tall. So, like, I feel like someone who's, like, 6'2 or 6'3 seems pretty tall to us. Like, yeah, seems sure. pretty tall. I-, I feel like this woman was, like, maybe 6'5, like six six i like she was really tall and like i didn't get a i didn't get a good look at her but like it was like it was just it was an oddity but i was like already kind of just like you know dodging people so i had to move past but um it was weird it was definitely like the tallest woman i ever saw yeah sure um i mean yeah yeah jeremy like we're you know we're no micro guys but like you know yeah we're sure. not that we're not that tall um yeah, yeah. is britney griner still in russia uh i think so yeah okay okay there, so it wasn't her okay um, no no yeah um, I did see someone who I thought was a Cubs employee leaving, uh, like walking out of the stadium, who's also like tall, mm-hmm. but not as tall as this woman. Um, so it was an it was an oddity. Um, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, maybe like you know, if we if someone from the WNBA had like you know, I, maybe it could have been someone there if they threw out the first pitch, but I, I don't think I don't think anyone did from the WNBA. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so that happened. Um, so I got to I got up to the section first before Jack showed up, um, and um, I was wearing my I these days I, I wear my like South Bend Cubs hat um, to games. Uh, it's kind of like my go to hat these days, um, and the South Bend Cubs hat like it looks enough like a Cubs hat. I mean it's the same colors. It has like a I think it has like a ring like like a, a circle on it uh, that's red, and then a blue bear face uh, in the middle. And um, I got up to the seat. I sat down, and um, I I was I was hot from like you know from dodging through like running through all these people. And I sat down, and um, I was um, right right in the sun. And I wore like I wore like like long jeans that day, and like it was probably it was probably worthy of shorts weather. But for some reason, I just felt like wearing jeans. Anyway, I'm like I don't want to sit here. Like, I want to sit down and cool off, but I can't do that if the sun is beating down on me. So I sat down for like a second, like for like a minute, and then I got up and I went and I sat in the upper deck box or upper deck reserve seats. Uh, but on the way to my seat and the way back, the way to, uh, on my way to go to like the higher seats, there was like a kid, like Usher, like probably like 19, 18, 19 years old or something. And um, he was in our section. And when I, I, when I sat down, like I, I when I went to the seat, I kind of like you know nodded at him, whatever. Um, you know, I know where I'm going. I, I then when I got up right away, he kind of he looked at me and he's like, "Oh, uh, is this your first time here?" Which was an odd question. Like, um, I don't know. Like, it seemed like it was early on in the game, and like you know, he was like just trying to like they probably tell them like you know, hey, you know, make conversation with people or whatever. But I like didn't really stop. But he just was like, "Is this your first time here?" And I'm um, like, "Oh, me? No, 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 no." Um, uh. And he's like, oh, well, because I saw your hat. And um, he, he mistook it for a, um, what is a, the Tennessee Smokies, which is the Cubs double-A affiliate. 
he's like, oh, well, I saw your Smokies hat, so I assumed maybe you, you traveled here. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And then I was like, I was just, I'm like, I don't know. I just said, no, I just like the hat. And then um, I was starting to go to my seat. And then I was, I said to him, like, no, no, no. I, I'm like, I'm a super fan. I'm like, I'm such a super okay. fan that I wear the minor league hat. Oh, he's, like, oh. he's like, oh, okay. And then uh, I just sat down. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that you had to, like, kind of prove yourself there. That's good. It, yeah, it was kind of just like, I was kind of just saying, like, yeah, man, like, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Cause like, yeah, I didn't really have to, but I was, I, I had to make a point to this guy. It's like, nah, man, like there are people who are just so like, I mean, I wasn't doing it as like a point of pride. It was more so just like, uh, I'm like, I'm over, like I'm, I've like burnt out on wearing just a regular Cubs hat. I need to wear like an obscure Cubs hat just cause like the regular Cubs hat does nothing for me <laughs> anymore or something. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, th- this is kind of like when that girl uh, came up to me and asked to buy my foul ball last week. It's like, you know, I, if I would have been there, I would have just said to that, that usher, like, Hey, look, like y- you got no idea who you're talking to here. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. To like, to, you know, you, you should have said to the guy to, to paraphrase a quote that non-listener Chris said about the movie, Billy Madison, uh, you know, I, I've seen this stadium more times than I've seen my own cock. So like, you know, like you, you know, you, 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 you've been to this stadium a million times, Jeremy. So, you know, th- th- there you go. I'm, I'm offended on your behalf. Like, God damn it. Yeah. I think I've been going to more opening consecutive opening days than he's been alive. That, that kid, so. so there's that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that's yeah, that's a that's a guy. I wish I would have uh, wish I would have been there for that because that that would have been uh, that would have been definitely worth a chuckle. Um, I don't know if you've experienced this before, because uh, you know because you usually seem to get there in pretty good time for the Cubs games. But mm-hmm. when you try to get in during the national anthem, people block people just like you know they they stop serving food and apparently just you are n- not even allowed to walk. When the national anthem is going on, people block the entrance. Like when you're when you're walking up the concourse and trying to get into the into the grandstands. Like when the national anthem is going on, there's just like ten people blocking the entrance to that, and I couldn't I couldn't get in the freaking the freaking upper deck grandstand. <laughs> that's um that's funny because they they try to keep people moving as much as possible, like in the aisles and stuff. But yeah, I guess I guess for during the national anthem, uh, you know, I guess. I guess everyone has a right to freeze in place. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I was. I, I don't oh, want to be a jerk and like push through people and then like get dirty looks. But like, come on, you know, let's let's just get nobody's uh, nobody's gonna judge you for walking to your seat and then standing at attention. Yeah, I had I, I will say that Wrigley doesn't seem as like crazy as. Um, uh, uh, the the you know the White Sox are about that sort of thing but like it is like that is kind of like um unfortunate i guess i guess Wrigley does do it to an extent but the white Sox for sure like take the cake like i mean that like there someone could have gotten hit by like a you know a batting practice foul ball and bleeding from the head and getting medical attention and the the paramedics will stop you know and like you know observe the national anthem before (laughs) they like you know stitch the the poor bastard up um so yeah it's it's pretty extreme there yeah, um, uh, definitely. So that was a, you know, that was a whole thing. So finally, Jeremy and I uh, were united after after the national anthem. And at this point, it was about six thirty-two. So the game was the game was just about to start. It was a six forty game. Um, we get into our seats, and then this old guy next to us, uh, he asks 
me and Jeremy, or just Jeremy, or b- both of us, I don't know. He he asks, "Are you the season ticket guy?" Yeah. He thought we were the he thought we were the season ticket guy. So you know, Jeremy is now gone from being a guy who's never been here to possibly being the <laughs> season the season ticket holder. Yeah. Um. I will. Um. We should explain what this guy looked like too. He was he was an older guy. So the, I'll, I'll 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 paint the picture because I was up in like the um the upper deck reserved. And I was like looking down upon our seats and I kept seeing people kind of come into our row and I'm like, is someone going to sit in our seats? Like who doesn't belong there? And then we'll have to kick them out. Um, and I saw this one guy show up. He's an older guy, probably in like his uh, late sixties, maybe. Um, and he was wearing a tank top. He had gray hair on his head and also all over his arms, shoulders and back. <laughs> like oh, yeah. he had a fur suit on basically. Um, and and he was sitting like kind of where Jack's seat was, and I'm like, oh man, what if like that guy is sitting right next to Jack, and then him and Jack are shoulder to shoulder, and like that Ugh. that that like gray fuzz is like brushing up against Jack's shoulder, um, and uh, and so like we so I see Jack, I texted Jack and I told him like, hey, I'm sitting up you know a section above us because um, because of the sun. And I saw Jack show up and he I, I saw him look around and look for me, and um. You know, I think he was maybe just going to head to the seat and um, I ran down and I like I, I caught him and then we, we start going into the, the aisle. And then, yeah, then the guy like looks at me. He's like, hey, are you are you the season ticket guy? And uh, I said, uh, 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 no, I just um, I just bought bought these on StubHub. And he's like, oh, uh, OK. All right. And then he like then he like leaves the section. He like starts going out of the row. Instead of like us sitting next to him, he just completely leaves the section and he goes like, oh, well, I'm looking for the season ticket guy because I want to switch with him. And I'm like, OK. And then he goes and he just sits like in the aisle, like, uh, you know, next to ours uh, in the section next to ours. And um, we were like trying to decipher what that meant. Like, uh, I want to switch with him. Like, I, I thought I thought that he bought like that. Maybe the person we bought the tickets from has four season tickets and we bought two and he bought two and then he wants to switch seats or something but then we're like is is he also a season ticket holder and he wants to like just switch their section like their seat locations it was weird and then and that was it and then like i never i never saw him talk to anybody else and quite honestly by the end of the game i kind of forgot about him i don't know how long he was actually there yeah uh same um that that would be the impression that i i got you know, based on what he said, is that he wanted to switch his season tickets with that guy's season tickets. Right, um, yeah. I The question is, were his season tickets right next to us, and did he move because, like, he didn't want to be next to us? Or were they actually in his, his seats? And, well, and, like, why did he want to switch? Because it was, it was so close. It seems like it's not worth the trouble. Right. Well, and also, like, um, if they were next to each other and they're both season ticket holders, you would think he'd know, he, he, he would know the guy like those people who are in the same section and have season ticket, season tickets, they all like know each other. So like, and then like, what do you, can you just switch seats? Like, can you just go to the Cubs box office? It's like, Hey, I have these seats. He has these seats, but I want his seats and he wants my seats. Like <laughs> they'd be like, get out of here, man. Like just fucking just, just, just switch at the games. Like who, <laughs> you know, I, it was a weird question. And, from a weird man with weird hair um, on his uh, on his body, so yeah, the whole thing was weird. And um, luckily for Jack, he didn't have to sit next to him for three hours. Yeah, for sure. O- only Jeremy gets the bad luck for uh, you know having having to sit next to people like that. Referencing the the our, last week's White Sox game. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, uh, so yeah, so um, you know, this was a cool game to be at. I suppose the Diamondbacks have like a good rotation this year. Oddly enough, um, they're they have a they're over five hundred, I believe. Um, so they're doing like kind of better than they have any business to, or anyone maybe thought they would be. Um, the I would say the ace of the staff is is Zach Gallen, mm-hmm. um, who we saw pitch for the Marlins we did. against the White Sox. We did. It's, and that, he did not, not he did not start many games for the Marlins. He was eventually traded for Jazz Chisholm, who we saw uh, at Kane County in A ball. Um, but uh, so it was cool. Like Gallon has gone on to become like a pretty good pitcher um, in the major leagues. And um, uh, he uh, yeah. So anyway, so Zach Gallon's kind of like the um, the star of like the the D backs rotation, I would say. And he started this game, so that was cool. Um, to see him, uh, you know, in person again. Um, I wonder how many p- pitchers we've seen start games in both parks. Probably not too many. No, I mean we've never seen a Cubs Sox game, so that that eliminates that possibility. Um, yeah. I, I wonder, Jeremy, and I, I don't know if the statistics will tell you this, but uh, how, how many pitchers we've seen uh, that aren't Cubs or Sox pitchers pitch twice, period, even if it's in the same stadium. Yeah, like, that's it, start, true. Starting pitcher, starting pitcher, or there's pitchers a, in general. There's a couple because we actually saw Marcus Stroman pitch. Um, oh yeah, that's with, right. We saw him pitch. Uh, so there, there's another guy we've seen him pitch in both parks. Um, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, we saw him with Toronto. That was 2019, Vlad's rookie year. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. There you go. That's interesting that they were both pitch against each other in the same game. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, I I'm glad that Zach Gallon pitched for for that for, for that reason, but also because I've been wanting to talk about this for for months now. Um, but uh, I am in a Facebook group, um, a Zach Gallon baseball card Facebook group. Uh, it's called Zach Gallon Buy Sell Trade, <laughs> and um, I was. Um, I'm in this other like baseball group for like this like these tops now baseball cards, and I posted something about um, <coughs> excuse me like a rare Zach Gallon card that I had, and then someone like commented on it like you know asked me if it was for sale or whatever, and then he's like well hey you know um, we've got a whole Zach Gallon group over on Facebook like over here if you if you ever want to join and like he invited me to join it he like sent me a friend re- request which is like you know what about those days of Facebook where you would only be friends with people that you knew? Huh. Now I feel like I'm friends with these weird baseball card guys. But anyway, I joined the Zach gallon group, like maybe like, I don't know, like a year ago or something. And it's straight up. And it's not like there's other, I don't think there's other groups like this, but it's just like, it's just guys who like PC, which means like personal collect, like make a personal collection of just Zach gallon cards. And you know, if, if you didn't think that there was something for everything out there, you know, look no further than the Zach Gallon buy sell trade group on Facebook. And it's just funny, like guys will like post a picture, like, hey, look at my Zach Gallon mail day. Like they call it mail day when you get like all these when you get your cards in the mail and you show them off. And it's like, here's sure. my mail day. So it's like, hey, I got a Zach Gallon mail day. It's like, oh, look at this Zach Gallon card that I picked up. Like people were sleeping on this one. I got a great deal. And they're like, then someone's like, hey, who bought that Zach Gallon card? Like I was, I had my eyes on that. Like, you know, good. You got yourself a great deal. Like, 
you know, I was, I meant to bid, but I fell asleep or whatever. And it's just like all these things, but it's all about Zach Gallon. They're like, people will post like, Hey, uh, you know, Zach's off to a good start. Like, you know, let's all cheer him on or whatever. And it's, it's weird and culty and, uh, and really funny. And, and I'm a part of it. Um, and, uh, there's more to it that I'll add later on. Cause I don't want to spoil anything, but, yeah. um, I've been wanting to talk about it for a long time. Um, it reminds me this the sycophantism of this like Zach Gallon group uh, reminds me of uh, an SNL sketch. Jack, I don't know if you ever did. You ever see the Mr. Belvedere fan club uh, SNL sketch? No, I I did not. Yeah, it's um it's one of the best sketches ever. I would say I think it was written by Fred Wolf, who was like kind of like David Spade's writing partner. Um, but it's about this this guy <laughs> Tim Meadows plays this guy who like stumbles in to this Mr. Belvedere. Uh, fan club meeting <laughs> and like the people are like deranged like they're like they have like these like oaths like that they say out loud and like or they have this oath they say out loud and then like like um phil hartman like plays a guy and he's like it was like i should i shouldn't and like someone said someone says like like they get up and they say these different things and like phil hartman says like one person says like i should want to uh cook mr belvedere a nice meal I shouldn't want to cut off a piece of his hair and grow my own Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> and then like Phil Hartman says like, I should want to give Mr. Belvedere a handshake. I shouldn't want to cut into his flesh, make a bodysuit of his flesh and wear the flesh so I can be born upon the world as a new <laughs> Mr. Belvedere. Like, and it gets like more and more deranged. Um, so it kind of gives me that similar vibe. Uh, but um, I guess at the end of the day, they're just all good Zach Gallon fans. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say it. It almost sounded like some kind of South Park joke or something because Zach, Zach Gallen is is a good pitcher, but he's definitely not famous enough to have this kind of fan club. No, I will say I'm looking at it right now, Jack, and there's only 25 people in the group, group including <laughs> myself. So there's 24 other people and me. Um, but uh, yeah, I did. I will. Um, yeah, I'll say that. Well, yeah, th- there's a little more to come about sure. that later on. I bet. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that, uh, so anyway, so yeah, it's cool to see Zach Gallon. Um, the game kind of just went on and like there, there was not too, too much to talk about, uh, during this game. No, I will um, say, I noticed last time if it just, uh, uh, well, we're still not, we're not on Gallon anymore, but just, well, we had just mentioned him. I remember when he was with the Marlins and we saw him pitch, he works really slow when he get, gets runners on base. And mm-hmm. once he started to get in trouble, I think it was the fourth or fifth inning, he loaded the bases. The game just came to a screeching halt. The first three innings of this game took like 30 or 40 minutes. It was like, it was, it was crazy. It was like nothing. Um, yeah, super then all, fast. All, yeah. All of a sudden, Gallon, Gallon got some guys on and he just, he just started working, uh, you know, at a snail's pace. It was like, you know, almost like the at timing it with a freaking sundial or something. It was, it was not a, it was not, not fun to watch. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, the first three innings, like there was only one hit combined and eight strikeouts combined. Even the Cubs gave up three runs in the top of the fourth, and um, it looked like Stroman was kind of unraveling. But that inning didn't even like take that long. Uh, the Cubs would c- go on to score one run in the fourth, and that's when it started dragging on for Gallon. And those would be all the runs that were scored. So like f- it was three to one final uh, D backs, and all the runs were scored in the fourth inning. Um, and yeah, the game was three hours and ten minutes. But yeah, it, if you throw out like the f- the bottom of the fourth and the fifth, you know, we probably would have had like a 
two and a half hour game or something. Or actually, yeah, two two twenty maybe. You yeah, know? no, for sure. Um. So so yeah, you know, not too much to to talk about in the game itself. Um. Even the video board, you know, we've, we, we made this kind of uh, conclusion probably season one of the podcast, but, um, you know, there's not that much to talk about at Cubs games um, because it, it actually runs like a, a professional, like a major <laughs> league operation. Um, the video board stuff is like, you know, it's it's pleasant, it's it's fine, but and not like it's unmentioned. It's like, you know, unnoteworthy because it's just it's fine and it's it's perfectly passable ballpark entertainment. Um, they did do one thing that was kind of funny though, which they were just showing, they just show different fans sometimes. I don't even know if this was like the, the segment, but they do a thing like glad uh, garbage bags. Like they make the cups for, for Wrigley field. And like, sometimes they do like cups up or something and they show fans and they're supposed to like hold their cup of beer up in the air. And um, I don't know. I'm not even sure if that, that was this section, but um there was a group of like four girls, let's say in the bleachers and the camera went, you know, like turned on, like went on them and they like, you know, like we're holding their beer, beer cups up and they're like, you know, yelling and, and holding their beer up and, you know, waving their hands. And like three of them like had their beer cups, like pointing towards the camera and they were kind of like putting them together. Like they were kind of cheersing. And the fourth girl, um, like kind of like lifted her cup up and put it in the middle and then, like, at the same time, someone from, like, a row in front of them reached in and put their beer cup in, and it hit the girl's hand, and she dropped her beer, like, on on camera. And uh, it was really funny. Like, they were all, like, like going, like, woohoo, like, one second. And then the next second, like, someone just, like, cheers the beer cup out of her hand, and she dropped, like, a whole beer on the ground. And then she just, like, looked at the ground like she was fucking pissed. And she's like, oh, my God, great. Now what am I going to do? Like, that was the expression on her face. And then they just cut away. And it just all happened, like, so fast. But it was it was quite funny and entertaining. Yeah. Well, you figured that, that that was a $10 beer probably she just dropped. Yeah, I think even more at this point. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was pretty brutal. Um, all for nothing, really. Right. No, for, for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so that was that was good. Um, like, like you said, most of the stuff, even, like, two lies and a truth, um, uh, or two truths and a lie, you know, pretty, pretty unremarkable. Uh, I will say something I noticed. So they always, uh, they always play YMCA when the first relief, uh, when the first pitcher is removed from the game for the visiting team, if it's, if it's uh, during an inning. Um, so they did that, but, uh, y- you know, they played it like right when the pitcher did something good. Like, you know, he had just gotten somebody to like, you know, hit do a double play or, or something. It wasn't that, but it was, it was the, something the pitching. Pos- yeah. yeah, the pitching changes were weird in this game. It was just, I think it was like an F8, I think. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he got an out, and there was nobody on base. And then the Diamondback, like the, you know, the, the manager, Tori Lovello, comes out and removes the pitcher. And you hear like, da, 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 da. And like, it's supposed to be a celebratory thing that they're taking this pitcher out. But like, you know, the, the vibe was wrong. It was it was all off. And then and then later in the game, they uh, they played Hit the Road Jack. And again, it was like right after the pitcher had just struck a guy out for the Cubs and there was nobody on base. And you're supposed to play hit the road, Jack, after the guy like walks the bases loaded. And it's like, yeah, like, get out of here, you bum. Like, you mm-hmm. know, now we got all and and then they're, they're playing hit the road, Jack. Like, the, the you know, whoever is playing the music for the Cubs should have maybe read the room a little bit on that one. 
Well, it's a, it's a tricky situation. First of all, I yeah, well, I'll say that it's a tricky situation because I yeah, there were not there was not a good there was not an appropriate spot to play either of those songs because the Cubs never really had the the D-backs on the ropes uh per se. But um and I think so then you have to like then you also have to take into consideration it seems like fans just want to hear the YMCA, so like <laughs> No, definitely. You know, I think they would have been mad if they didn't play it, even if it was inappropriate. But yeah, they definitely have done that. Um, they they force the, the 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 subject. Like yeah, they shouldn't. They just shouldn't play it at all. But I wonder if fans would be pissed if they didn't play it. Like if they didn't hear it once. Like what if the what if the visiting team throws a complete game? Like you know, <laughs> that would be bad. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it definitely um, yeah, it it does not have the same effect at all. When that happens, it, it, it even like kind of tricks people into think like they're the Cubs are like rallying when when in fact they, they weren't at all. Uh, but there were some weird I almost I almost blame Tori Lovello for making these weird pitching changes with sure. the guy would get the first out of the inning and then they would like replace him. Um, yeah, and then so the, the, the Cubs the Cubs did that one time, too. Yeah, there were three of those, and like I'm not sure the last time we ever saw one of those, but it's no. uh, it's it's definitely more of an oddity. Jack, do you remember the song that they would play when we talked about this back in like season one and two of the podcast? Do you remember the song that they would play when the Cubs would take a pitcher out? Oh yeah, that was going to be the the next thing that I brought up. Where the, it was yeah. like it was that I, I don't know if it was the Rolling Stones, but it was that guitar riff where it was like like the song just absolutely reeked of failure. Yeah, it's um, it's an ACDC song. Okay, okay. But it's like it's like the most mellow ACDC song, at least the beginning of it. Like I don't even know what song it is. It's I don't think it's necessarily a good one. Um, but uh, yeah, that was yeah. I still think about that sometimes, and uh, I was like, God, what a fucking bummer of a song that was. It, it, that's the song they should play. Uh, you know, when the ma- opposing manager is taking a pitcher out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's that's the guitar riff version of wah wah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it it was a real downer. So yeah, um, yeah. I, so you know, there hasn't been much beer vendor drama the last couple seasons. I think at, at games, um, I don't know if it's because maybe most games aren't as like sold out as they used to be, or or what it is really. Uh, maybe it's more so with like the. I guess because people can like order mobile now and stuff like maybe that has something to do with it. But there was one funny kind of like beer guy at the game. Um, he was just kind of like uh, he almost seemed like a Tim Robinson character or something like uh, I don't know. Like he, he was like kind of like a a surly guy and he would he was very vocal and he would like just speak. And I feel like he was trying to say stuff to people to like out loud to get people riled up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, like, I remember he was kind of, kind of passing back and forth. And he's like, all right, beer here. Like, you know, get some beer, like, you know, like beer, 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 whatever. Like he was just kind of like loud and, and kind of like gruff. Um, and he was like, kind of, we were, we were in the last row of the upper deck box. So the, the aisle was right behind us. And um, some people in front of us like flagged him over and there was actually like they were they must have been looking over their right shoulder because he was like to our right. But there was actually like a beer guy like right behind us. Like if you looked over your left shoulder, there was one closer. But they 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 motioned to this guy, the surly guy who was a little further away. 
and I, he started kind of running towards them. And there was there was another Bud guy there in his way. And so he runs and he's like, okay, okay, hey, out of my way, Bud man, going to make a sale. And then like he like he kind of pushed the guy aside and then ran down the aisle and like you know he's like, okay, here you go. What do you need? What kind of beer do you need, Bud? Bud Light, Budweiser, whatever. And uh, and then the the other guy like kind of just like you know kept going off to the next section but he kind of like he was joking he he was kind of like joking with the guy but he looked back to make sure that the guy knew he was joking um but it was it, it was kind of a funny like unnecessary move um and that's kind of seemed to be what this guy's mo was just kind of like being goofy but it was kind of gruff so it wasn't really that like uh welcoming i guess i don't know it's kind of odd for sure i i had to ask you if he was joking yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like he may not have been joking, but I'm pretty sure he was. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we we had a guest conductor for the uh the game the game for the seventh inning stretch. Uh and it was none other than Brett Bielema, uh uh Illini football coach Brett Bielema. I don't know if he coached them last year, if he just took the job. Uh I think he, he coached them fu- last year. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. He got he got fired from Arkansas. He actually left Arkansas. He was he was the Wisconsin Badgers coach for uh, for a number of years. I think he's a Badger alumni too. I think he played for Barry Alvarez. Uh, yeah. So Brett Bielema, I think I booed loudly when he when he came out uh, or when they yeah when they you showed said him. you suck. I think yeah. I think I said you suck. Uh, and I you know you know I, maybe I should have actually cheered him because he kind of he kind of screwed the Badgers over. He he left uh, he left them for an SEC job. He just kind of left them high and dry. So I should have been cheering for the guy. If they, I think if there would have been Wisconsin, if there would have been Wisconsin fans around us, I, I think maybe, maybe I would have put two and two together and, and done that to antagonize them. Uh, yeah, uh, Brett Bielema definitely looks like just your typical like steakhead football coach, um, like just a just a big lump of of football. Uh, if, yeah, if you want to see a good picture of Brett Bielema, uh, Google Brett Bielema drunk. Uh, if you want to, if you want to see what he looks like with his with his shirt off, um, <laughs> trying to pretend like he's still uh, in a fraternity in college, even though he's probably forty. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's good. Was it Illini night at the game? I, you know, I they had been advertising like, um, you know, like if you could get a special ticket and get like a a Cubs hat with Illini colors. So, um, I don't know. It might've been, but if it was, it was about as well advertised as UIC night at, um, at the, at, you know, the guaranteed rate field when we were there, because it was like, it was just the coach. And then that was it. There was like no other mention of anything Illinois related. So yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very strange. Um, so, uh, near the end of the game, uh, it, there was some white soxy like sort of moving around of, of people, and and these people came in our section and, and sat down in front of us, uh, and then then this it, old guy. It's weird. Real quick, Jack. It's yeah. weird. Those people were there at the beginning of the game. Were they? And then they got up and left, and then they showed up back again in like the the bottom of the ninth inning, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they, yeah, it was definitely the bottom of the ninth. Um, yeah. That they that they came over and they showed up, and, and it was maybe a younger couple or just a, a younger group of three, uh, whatever. And then this this old guy came over, yeah. and first of all, he 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 walked like he, he was standing up a little bit, like right in front of us, and he, he walked over and he just he sat down, and he was kind of distracting, and he was right in front of us, and he he was kind of a bigger guy, 
And it was like, come on, dude. Like, are you really going to freaking sit right it, in front of us and squish he, us in like that? Yeah, he was like the Adam Engel guy of uh, yeah. of this game. Right. And then there, there was a close a close play at first. Uh, and then he, with his with his arms, he makes this real big motion. He goes, safe. But, like, this guy hadn't watched a single play the whole freaking game. And no. he didn't seem to care. So he did that. He was like, safe. Uh, like, it was some big joke. And then the next play, with with two outs left to go in the game... He was just like, "All right, let's go," and and they left. But the Cubs were still in it. It was a they were it, they were only down by two. I think I'll, they left after, actually after two outs. They left with with two outs left. In, yeah, with the, yeah. So why yeah. why wouldn't you just stay and watch the end? Yeah, and and also the the stadium was like, it this was not a high you know a, a large attendance. It's not like it was not packed at that point. You know, it, it, I don't think like staying staying till the very end would have like, you know, caused you to like leave later. Like we left, you know, after the game ended and like it, we didn't have any trouble getting out of there. No. Um, except for George Murison. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was like, yeah, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. He like feigns interest and then he's like, all right, let's go. And like, yeah, with two outs in the ninth, it's like, what's wrong with you? Like you're fucking psycho. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think you said, Jeremy, like, uh, yeah, you know, this guy is just you know, just raising idiots or something like that. Like, you know, cause he, yeah. I, they, they seem like, it seemed like his kids there, at least like one of them was his kid and the other was a spouse or something. But it's like, yeah, this guy it, just brought like, brought people into the world and probably raised them to be idiots. Cause he is an idiot himself. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the, <laughs> that can be said like, you know, that's like the problem with society as, yeah. uh, as a whole, but you know, in a small microcosm, you know, we observe it every day at at baseball games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's never that's the most eloquent way that it's ever been put, Jack. Sure. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. yeah, good stuff. Someone who'd leave with two outs to go in a in a in a close baseball game. Um so yeah. uh yeah, we uh it was the first game of the series. Uh, uh so it was a four game series over the weekend, Thursday through Sunday, so it wasn't getaway day. Jeremy and I had been talking about how we, we had a good feeling about getting autographs at the bus uh, today. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what it was, Jeremy. First of all, the Diamondbacks won. We haven't got. We had not gotten any autographs this year, but both times the road team had lost. So we were in a scenario where sometimes you know you're not sure if this is ever true or not. But like sometimes it seems like maybe the team is told not to sign, or it's just bad decorum to to sign autographs after a loss. I don't know, but uh, but that helped. But in general, we just had a good feeling about this D-backs team signing for us. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess for the same reason that we would have thought you would have thought that we could have got the Rays because maybe they're just a smaller market team, not they're not like a a team that's doing well. They don't really have, I mean, the 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 Rays have a superstar on their team, but the the D backs don't really have a superstar on their team. Um, it's just like all of the math a- added up to like a good chance for us to get uh, autos. Um, so yeah, we were definitely optimistic about doing that as we headed to the bus for sure. Yeah. I, I really wanted to get Mike Fetters autograph. Uh, Fetters was the, uh, closer for the Brewers when I was a little kid. Uh, he's now their bullpen coach. So I was, I was all in on getting, on getting him. Um, I was, I was ready for it. Uh, we had, there were multiple Mike Fetters sightings because Mike Fetters is kind of a, you know, he, he's a, he was always kind of a huskier dude. Uh, yeah. so pretty much when any like older, Husky or guy came out, we were like, uh, you know, well, one, at least one guy came out and we were like, hey, Mike, Mike, we weren't <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. 
And then like oh, oh. I I looked at his head at Fetters' headshot and I was like, oh oh yeah, uh, duh, I remember what he looks like. That definitely wasn't him. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, hopefully people remember what Mike Fetters looked like. If you, if you don't like, um, go back and and look look him up. But like he would also like do this like crazy scowl to like the he would like set get set for the pitch and then like turn his face towards the 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 batter and like make this like like kind of cartoonishly tough guy scowl and it was really funny to see he looked like a freaking bulldog out there like like in in facial features and like stature um and so like yeah it would have been cool to get him and like yeah so we were looking for an older guy with gray hair and like just he was he was he was yeah he was like a, a rotund guy as a pl- as an athlete as a player so like you can only imagine that he's aged a little bit um and it's it's it was when Jack says that we saw like multiple guys, like it, it was uncanny how many guys kind of fit that description. Oh yeah. Like, I don't know who, I don't know what's up with the D backs and who they're employing, but like they have, they have a lot of like older guys with gray hair and like, you know, maybe like uh you know, a few pounds, a few pounds overweight, I guess. You know, the, the weird thing about fetters is that first of all, he, he, you know, to, to put it bluntly, like he, he's like six, four, so he he carry if if he is a little bit overweight he carries it well he he almost looked like a, he was more of a strapping guy than like I I thought he would be um he kind of like when he finally did come out he kind of sauntered out uh he was the last guy on the first bus so we were screaming at him we were like Mike Mike and then he was like he waved at us and he was like nope sorry guys and I yelled loved you when I was a kid and he kind of just nodded and and went on the bus uh man it <clears throat> unfortunately we did not get Mike Fetters but you know he did. I feel like if he hadn't been on the last bus, he would have like the last one on the bus. He might have come over and signed. Yeah, yeah, that was it. He was like he kind of said something like, "Sorry, guy." He kind of did, did the Sutcliffe thing. He's like, "Sorry, guys, I can't, can't, right? Yep. Can't, gotta yep. go." Yep. And um, and he did. He got on the bus and like they they closed like the luggage hatch and then they they pulled off. So like, yeah, he actually was um, yeah, it was legit. Um, but yeah, now I don't know, Jack. I mean, this guy like. I don't. I'm looking at his like rookie card, and he looked maybe like he was like kind of normal size, but like yeah. You look at some of these pictures. There's a picture of him like on the on the twins, and uh, he is um, he's like a bowling ball. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just it's kind of funny. Um, but uh, you know that's what what kind of makes baseball awesome is to see guys like that. And he was a good pitcher uh, too. He's an effective he was. effective pitcher. So, um, so yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, we we you know um, we couldn't get him unfortunately, um, but we did get a good amount of guys. Um, we, we did. Um, yeah. So was Fetters? I so you're looking at our notes here, Jack. Was did, in chronological order? Was was that the first thing that happened? No. Uh, so the next the next guy we're going to talk about here is is the first thing that is the first guy that happened. So Fetters okay. actually he came out he came out like the last in that first bus. Um, so that you know that that's skipping ahead a little bit. The first guy we got is another guy that we said straight up that we wanted. Uh, the Diamondbacks had some cool coaches on their team, um, uh, and the, one of the guys they had was Damian Easley. Uh, I almost talked about him, and I think so did Jeremy last week because Damian Easley hit 163 home runs in the show. Um, mm-hmm. So we knew he'd be coming out. We knew what he looked like, and so when he came out, he was not in a hurry. Um, he was one of the first guys out. And, and so he was, like, about to get on the bus, and, and we yelled at him, Hey, hey Damien, Damien, could you come sign one? And he didn't really react to hearing his name. He just mm-hmm. kind of walked over to us and then signed. 
Yeah. Which was yeah. which was which was awesome. I, I feel like he he was like wasn't going to sign or acknowledge us, but because we we knew who he was, uh, yeah, he totally came over. It was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and uh, he's like an older guy at this point. I didn't know he's like um, from Brooklyn or something too. Uh, yeah. I wasn't sure where he was from, but um, yeah. Uh, so he came over and he was like signing. And he's like, "All right, thanks guys" or something. And I as he was signing for me. And this is why I would have brought him up last uh, week or whatever. I said like, "Hey, Damien, I, I had your number. I had I had your number when I was in little league." And he was like, "Oh, oh man." He's like, "Now you make me feel old." And um, you know, and like I was, I don't know, like I I was trying to like, I I didn't really know. I like this is one of those things where I probably would have thought about what I what I was saying before I said it, but I kind of just blurted out like. Oh, uh, I'm older than I look. <laughs> and he's like, as he was like walking away, I said, I'm like, oh, I'm older than I look. And then like, he kind of like, he's like, oh, <laughs> like he like kind of chuckled or whatever and just got on the bus. And I'm like, wait a second, older than I look. And then like, I said it to Jack. I'm like, I don't think I, I think I fucked that up. And uh, Jack was like, yeah, I mean, you didn't make him feel better by what you said. No. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, yeah, I guess I meant to say like, people i get i was trying i like people people usually ex, ex uh, uh uh mistake me for being younger than i look uh younger than i am looking younger than i am whatever i don't i'm fucking it up right now but like and so i'm like oh yeah that like will make me you know i'll say that to to him like you know to make him yeah to like make light of the situation but i'm like oh no it actually is the opposite so like i fucked that one up and like i don't know if david easily was thinking like why did he say that to me or he just didn't care uh, <laughs> but I, it was almost like again like to, to make a re- reference to like a date or something i felt like i said the wrong thing and like i blew it well it's, it's one of those things where you, you should have been like hey come on man i'm younger than i look or something you know something like uh like oh you're not you're not that old damien easily like hey man, yeah i'm not i'm not that old either like you're not that old yeah I don't know if that's what you were going for. That's what I was going for, sure. of course. Yeah, but I just said the like I said the wrong thing, and it was yeah, it was it was funny. But um, so like that was a weird little twist at the end of that moment, which was pretty cool that we got Damien Easley's autograph. Yeah, he has um, a, he has a nice autograph too. Yeah, it was cool. He signed on our scorecard right in the same spot, right over the D backs logo, which yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was a cool spot to sign. Um, Jack, if you want to, so Damien Easley wore number one. On the uh, on the Angels um, from let's see when did he wear number one um, from ninety three to ninety five or ninety six I was on the Angels I think in ninety four if I remember correctly and um, <laughs> if you really want to get down to the bottom of this Jack I don't actually think I did wear his, <laughs> his number I think I think what it was is that I had like number four and there was like no other there was no number four on the team and like he was the closest numerical to my number. So I was like, Oh, I guess, I guess I'm closest to Damien easily. Um, but, uh, but yeah, none of, you know, he doesn't need to know that no one else needs to know that, but it was still, it was still cool. Like, and it was, it was a cool guy to get for sure. He was in the league a long time. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. So I was out of all the guys we got, like I might be, I might've been the most happy about, about that. There's some other cool ones, but that, that was definitely cool. Um, yeah, the the next guy on our list who we didn't get, um, I, I call, I called him David too sexy Peralta. Uh, so David Peralta comes out, 
Um, he seemed like he was with his wife or his girlfriend or something, but, um, you know, we definitely recognized him and we definitely called, like, mm-hmm. called to him and he just kind of big timed us. Like he just didn't yeah. even really, didn't even really look, uh, he, you know, he was, dr- so I'm going to reference SNL here a little bit later, but do you remember, uh, do you remember the sketch? Like when Chris Kattan would be Antonio Banderas? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. I can I'm, picture that. I'm sure it was a terrible sketch, but like. You know, like these, these, he would have these, like this mariachi band, and like he would unbutton a button of his shirt, and they would go, "No, too sexy, too sexy." It was, it was dumb. <laughs> right, I don't right, know why it was. Right. Fu- I don't know why it was funny. Again, um, right. it's because you're in middle school. But, uh, but anyway, that was definitely the vibe that David Peralta was going for. Like he had like gel in his hair, and like you know the the perfect amount of scruff, and it's just he like, had like a he had like a pastel uh, polo. A shirt with like the buttons unbuttoned. Yeah, 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 and it's just like get the get the fuck out of here, dude. You're nobody. You shouldn't even be in the majors anymore. Um, yeah. And then he went and he sat right in right in the like right in the front of the bus too. And it's like you know, is that because he's a, a veteran? But like, why is this guy even still on the Diamondbacks? Yeah, no, he definitely. Yeah, he's not. He's in no position to big time anybody. And um, yeah, and then he, like so we, traditionally we've seen the coach sit in that first seat on the bus. Um, yeah, but, and, and, uh, Tori Lovello wasn't, didn't happen to be on that bus. So maybe, yeah, maybe it was like, a vet- I didn't even think that was a thing. Like, but yeah, maybe it was like, because he's the veteran or whatever, but yeah, definitely not worthy of big timing anybody. No, um, absolutely not. Uh, but one guy who didn't big, big time us and was actually super nice was, uh, my boy Dalton Varsho. Um, so, you know, well, I was really excited to see Dalton Varsho play. In, I shouldn't say really excited. I was, you know, it was not. It was cool to see Dalton Varsho play in this game because he is the only player in Major League history uh, who went to the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee, my alma mater, uh, to make it to the show. So he's the first ever UWM guy, which is awesome. Uh, Jeremy and I had like texted. We we were texting about him months ago, like when he first came on my radar, and I thought that was cool. He's also he also led off for the Diamondbacks, despite the fact that he played catcher, which was neat. Um, he's also played center field. So he's like a, a catcher and a center fielder, which is pretty, uh, that's, that's very rare. Um, yeah. and so, you know, he came out and we, we kind of didn't recognize him at first. And I'll give Jeremy credit for, for recognizing him. So, you know, he, you know, we called him over, uh, and he came over and, you know, Jeremy, do you want to, do you want to explain what happened next? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, so yeah, he kind of just like popped up out of nowhere. Like we didn't see him come out. He was just kind of just behind the door at some point, and I just saw him, and it was one of those things where, like, I couldn't, like, I didn't have enough time to, like, say to Jack, like, hey, there's Dalton Varsho. Like, I just, I was just like, oh, hey, Dalton, like, you mind signing one? And, like, yeah, he came over, and I, I, all of this happened in my, my head, like, you know, within a millisecond, but he's coming over, and, like, I have a stack of, of, of cards, but I didn't have his card ready to go. So I started, like, he's like, oh, sh-. I, I called him over, he started coming over, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, and I had to, like, get his card, and, um... I had to like shuffle through my cards really quick and I was like kind of I was panicking a little bit and um and I was like just I was trying to like 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 stall for time and uh, I just blurted out and I'm like oh yeah yeah hey hey uh hey Dalton uh, this guy over here you know you guys went to the same school uh you know uh he he's a UW and I like I fucked up and I said like UW instead of UWM yeah like, yeah yeah he yeah UW and uh by that time, I finally got the card out and I got it like in place and I got my my cat, my pen uncapped and handed it to him. But like I totally like just like 
I was like, I'm like, uh, I got stall. I got to stall. And I just, I totally like just stepped on Jack's toes and told him the thing that Jack should have said to him, like the moment that they should have had. And I just, I did blurted it out <laughs> on my own. Basically. Yeah. God damn it, Jeremy. That was my story to tell, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, cause I was totally going to be like, Hey man, like, you know, I went to UWM. You're the first guy who's ever made it, made it to the bigs, uh, who went there like it, that, that's awesome, man. I've been rooting for you. And like here, Jeremy just fucking just completely spoils that <laughs> as he's like fumbling for his, his cards. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, sure. you know, and I, I tried to, I tried to like, you know, kind of save it. I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I said like, I'm rooting for you. Uh, I went to UWM too. And he actually hit a home run in the game too. Um, uh, which, which is cool. Uh, so it, it's always, it's always cool to get a guy's autograph when he hits a home run. So I, I, you know, told him I thought he had a nice homer. I don't know if Jeremy's going to go that far because he's a Cubs fan, but like, uh, right. yeah, that was, that was cool. And yeah, Jeremy, uh, thank you for, uh, you had a Topps heritage card of him that you gave me. Uh, so I was able to get that autographed. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool. So, so thank, thank you for that. It, that, that made up for the, the full, <laughs> the full paw a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it was even like, I feel like Jack didn't. I don't know. Sometimes we save things for the podcast, but like, uh, you know, I was like, as I was realizing like what happened, I was like, ah, oh, man, sorry, man. I think I stepped on <laughs> your toes, but like I, I did, yeah, I guess I did get him over there. And like, yeah. um, I like, it was just total, like, I really was just like, oh shit, like <laughs> say something. Um, you know, I, I've been in that situation multiple times now that happened with Michael Hermosillo. Like I had a card of his in my pocket, but I would have had a fumble for it. And like I figured he would have been like, sorry man, you snooze, you lose, and then like left <laughs> or something. But, um, but yeah, so that that I, I I did all I could to like make that happen. Um, but uh, yeah, it was very cool. I got him to sign. Uh, I I brought in his rookie card, uh, from twenty twenty one tops. Um, so that's cool that I got his uh his autograph on there. Um, I think this you know this already passed actually, but should we go back to yeah. Uh, Zach yeah, Allen. definitely. So, yeah, uh, Dalton Varsho is actually the son of, of Gary Varsho, who was a, a catcher oh. from the, the 80s and early 90s. Um, yeah. Yeah, and he, he he was at the game, too. I, I speculated that maybe he would be, and it, it turned out that he was at the game. Yeah, you you did say, I told you he was here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did say that. I did say that. Well, he, he I, sure was. I thought he wouldn't be at the game maybe just because he's a former player and it's like, you know, he's like, all right, son, you know, we both played, you know, I'm, I'm proud. I'm sure he was at his major league debut and stuff. Um, so I thought maybe he would, I thought like just big time he wouldn't be there, but the whole family was there. Um, and uh, it was actually pointed out that like his sister was there because she looked exactly like Dalton Varsho. Um, and like the mom was there and like, yeah, so it was Gary Varsho. And so I was kind of bummed that um, <clears throat> we didn't um, – we didn't get uh, that. I, we didn't get Gary Varsho. Like I would have got Gary Varsho just as an old cub from yeah. the from the late eighties. Um, uh, that would have been cool. I wish I would have had the foresight to bring his card just in case. These these autograph freaks, like they they know this stuff. Like they bring they bring cards of guys who like maybe will get called up. Guys who like are like roving, uh, you know, hitting instructors. Like like the Cubs have like Doug Desenzo, another former like uh you know scrub player of theirs um but he's like a roving instructor and so like guys will have his card like on hand at, at games like they're never caught like uh with their pants down like with uh with, with any of these guys um although well they they might like to be with with some of them but um no they like uh they 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 have like every card p- 
possible. So those guys would have had Gary Varsho if this were like a you know South Bend Cubs game. But um, but yeah, so so Gary Varsho was there. It was cool to see. He was you know. I guess if someone would have told me he was like a former player, I guess I could have believed it. But he just looked like he looked like a sports dad. Basically, he was wearing like, you know, I don't know, a windbreaker and a hat or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Definitely. Like he he did just look like a you know just like like a regular a regular guy pretty much. Uh, he wasn't particularly tall. It's it's weird to think like yeah this guy played in the the freaking show for for years. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Jeremy that you have a, a card with with Dalton and Gary on it. So. Uh, yeah, it was definitely definitely would have been in play to get both of their autographs. Yeah, that would have been cool. I thought about that. I honestly, I didn't think we would get like I thought maybe we would get some autographs. I didn't think we would get the guys that we got. And like I almost thought like, well, I'm probably not going to get Dalton Varsha probably isn't going to sign. So it would actually maybe it would be cool if I could get like Gary on his on the card or whatever. But um, but yeah, no, we, we got him. That was pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> before that, I should, we should say, Jack, the first guy who, who came out and signed for us though, was the starting pitcher, Zach Gallen. Yes. Uh, that was, that was freaking great, Jeremy. And that was, in, that was incredibly unexpected too. He, he signed my scorecard of, you had a card of his that he did, that he signed. I, I had his rookie card from 2020, um, which was really cool. It's a vertical card. I think it's the first, I think it's the first vertical card I've ever gotten signed in person. Uh, dorky little fun fact, but um, it's a cool looking card, and it's definitely a cool card to have him sign. And um, so, to to reference back to the uh, Zach Gallon buy sell trade page, I went ahead and I uh, I posted on there. I'm like, hey guys, just thought I'd share with you. But uh, <laughs> I caught I said I wrote caught Gallon after his win versus the Cubs on Thursday at Wrigley and got him to sign his RC rookie card. So I posted that and. Um, yeah, getting some love on that. Oh, are are you really? Yeah, someone wrote uh, that's legit. Saw him pitch at Wrigley last year. Not as strong. Where at? By the dugout. And uh, I was like hesitant to give him like our tip, even though I don't really think it's a tip. Like you know, but I was like, yeah, no, you know, out by the, um, you know, by the visitors bus or whatever. Um, and I said like I said like I think the win helped him. You know, helped our chances. But yeah, it's got uh, it's got nine likes so far. Nice, um, so. nine nine out of twenty five ain't bad, right? Exactly. Yeah, and even twenty four really. So that's you know th- that's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Well, that yeah, that's that's great. Um. So yeah, the, the gallon one that was what a, what a rousing uh, what a rousing success that was. So that was that was incredibly unexpected. Uh, he did he did pitch well. I think I think we even said to him like, man, you pitched a great game. And he was like, oh, thank you, thank you. Um. So yeah, it was it was bizarre that he came over, totally unexpected. Because the guy's a budding superstar, but um, you know, I guess it's it's good uh, to get him before he goes full blown. Um, mm-hmm. Also, also there and kind of hanging out by the exit, they they took a while to go. Uh, but it was was Alec Thomas and family. Alec Thomas was the Diamondbacks' top prospect. Uh, he got called up uh, about two weeks ago, um, so we were seeing him play in his twelfth career game. His father was the White Sox strength and conditioning coach for, for years. For years and years. It might have been like for 20 years or, or yeah. something something astronomical like that. And <clears throat> it, it, like that, that's a total Jerry Reinsdorf thing uh, to just like keep, keep the stra- same strength and conditioning coach through, through uh, just through years of, uh, years of different coaches and, and regimes. Uh, but, but we were joking like, you know, Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert probably got that guy fired and Michael Kopech. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. It's like, oh, strength and conditioning coach for the major league team, pretty cool, um, you know. But the coach for the White Sox, oh, uh, Luis Robert missed almost all of last year. Eloy missed almost all of last year. 
Uh, Kopech, you know, went down with Tommy John. Um, Crochet is out right now. Oh, I guess, yeah, he was gone. So, well, they fired him, I guess, uh, eventually, um, like after last year, um, which I had missed, actually, because I knew that I had seen Alec Thomas. Alec Thomas has been in my radar. I saw him in South Bend, um, and uh, I knew his dad worked for the Sox, but I missed that he had gotten fired. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, I guess now the pressure is on Alec Thomas to yeah. earn for the family. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, I think I think he got a nice signing bonus. We, we did not get him. He did not sign for us. I don't even – did he even go on the bus? No, he no, like he he, yeah. he kind of escaped. I think he left with the family, you know, out some other way or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, did not get him. Uh, you got him though at a minor league game, though. I did, yeah, back yeah. in like twenty nineteen, I think maybe twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Sure. Um, yeah. So that's so that's cool. Also coming out was uh, uh, no Noah Ramirez, or is it Noe or Noah? No, I think it's Noe. No, Noe. Okay, so I was wrong two times. Um, so yeah, <laughs> no, Noe Ramirez came out. Um, we didn't really recognize him when he came out. Like it, it was one of those awkward things. So you know, we should say that it was just us two and then one other guy trying to get autographs. So there was for most of the time, so there was nobody else there. So right. Noe Ramirez kind of comes out and like he look, he looks at us, look right at us. We didn't say anything <laughs> to him, and then he just went on the bus. And I think you went. Oh, I think that was that was Noe Ramirez and. He he just looked like a goof, like he looked like a like a skater guy. Yeah, he looked goofy. Like he kind of had like I don't know. He he had like a hat on, I think, like a and it was like not a Diamondbacks hat. It was just like a a black hat, and his hair was like sticking out of it. And he kind of had like he kind of has like um you know uh, like a five o'clock shadow, and like he kind of has like a I don't it's not like a overbite, but he had kind of like a small chin and just kind of like a hangdog look on his face. And like I did an impression, I'm like I was like, man, Noe Ramirez is kind of goofy, and I like did this impression, like <laughs> like walking by, like it's kind of a visual experiment, but the or, or, you know visual thing, but like the the voice kind of goes with it, so you can imagine. Uh, but he he yeah he just looked like a goof uh, going on the bus, and uh, yeah it was kind of funny. Um, you know I probably if I had cards of most of these guys, like I would maybe get them just so I could have the card with the autograph on it, but like. I'm not even sure if Noe Ramirez has a has a, a baseball card, but um, but yeah, there you know some guys just you know you know fell through the cracks and um, yeah you know with these the one thing about these teams seeing these teams is like um, it's hard to like tell like there's there's so many guys on the team that like are just like nondescript and you can't really you can't really tell who they are, or what they look like. And so you end up missing half of them, you know, unless you're with some sort of like D back super fan, which, you know, who, who's that, but yeah. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, so yeah, we, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't get Noe. Um, and it was about this time that these, uh, that, that these girls showed up by the, uh, uh, by, by the bus. And there was one girl and she was, you know, she was maybe in her, I don't know how old she was. Maybe she was, let's just say she was 30. But yeah, she was very drunk and she was just being belligerent. She was just, she was just yelling, just, just yelling stuff just to yell. And she had a super loud voice. She sounded like a foghorn. Yeah. Very bassy. Very like, like, Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. It's just like, just like loud and gruff again. Like gruff is the word of the night, I guess. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, just, it was, um, 
like badgering kind of in a way just like but like like yeah loud and 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 bassy i guess um but yeah so she's yelling and like she's just like hey what are you guys doing like i mean i don't could you could you do the voice jack i feel like i'm not i'm not pinpointing down on it right now but it's like jeremy i i i think that i cannot uh i don't know that i can do this justice i mean you know she sounded like roseanne barr or something like that you know but it was like it was like it was it was like scratchier voice in that right roseanne kind of sounds like this like i feel like it was like i don't know like it was yeah it just i don't know she but like so she basically she was just yelling. she's like oh you know oh hey i want to get an autograph hey who wants an autograph uh, you guys are trying to get. She she looked at us and she's like, "Are you guys trying to get ciggies? Are you trying to get ciggies?" And like, and then she's like yelling. She's like, "I want to. I want the head coach. Give me. I give me the head coach. Like, I want the head coach to be my daddy or my zaddy." Um, and like, she's just saying all this shit. And like, it was not funny. It was not clever. It was not uh, humorous. It was annoying and prohibitive of us getting autographs, basically. Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, normally I'm, I'm not just going to bag on someone too much, although this person definitely deserved it because they were just being a loud, drunken asshole. But yeah. when somebody like that shows up and you're trying to get autos, uh, it instantly pisses you off because you, you know that they're, th- those people are just completely torpedoing any chance that you're going to get of getting autographs. The players are going to yeah. be like, fuck this, I'm not coming over by this person. 100%, yeah. It's, it's like... It's like- bashing a hole in, 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 in a boat, in a rowboat. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it was bad. And so like, it was bad. And like, yeah, so we were, we were talking to this guy, uh, um, Chris was his name. And, uh, and like, yeah, we, he, he, he was like, he was kind of laughing, but then he was like, Oh God, like this, this girl's got to get out of here. Like she, you know, she's killing our chances. Like even he was like, you know, he knew that she was like the death knell of any chances of us getting autographs. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Um, so yeah, she, she she was saying dumb stuff, and we actually got a guy to come over. Um, and I so we were with this guy, and we would later learn that his name was Chris. Uh, he he was a nice he was a nice guy. As graphers go, um, most graphers are actually pretty nice guys. But he was he was cool. He was just kind of a normal guy. He seemed to know some things about baseball. The first thing he said to us was, "Oh hey, do you, so do you guys know the Diamondbacks pretty well?" And I, I, I took a, a second to figure out how I wanted to answer that. Originally, I was going to say, hey, we know most teams pretty well. But <laughs> I, I didn't want to sound like an asshole. Um, yeah. So I was like, uh, I, I think I just said like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we know who's, who some of the guys are. Um, but any, anyway, like throughout this whole saga of us trying to get these Diamondbacks autographs, he kind of just became our, our buddy and we kind of became pretty friendly. We became friendly with him. Yeah, you know, he was we friendly helped, enough. For yeah, sure. we, we were helping each other out, uh, recognizing players. And he actually, I will give him credit, Caleb Smith came out, left-handed relief pitcher for the Diamondbacks, formerly on the Marlins. Um, and I will give him credit. He is the one who got Caleb Smith to come over. He was like, hey, Caleb. And Caleb Smith fucking came over. It was cool. Um, but then, uh, so, so then, you know, he's signing for us, and this this fucking foghorn like asks him like she's like hey where do you work and he looks up at the stadium and he goes i don't know and then he keeps (laughs) he keeps signing and i i thought that was pretty that was pretty clever that was a good response yeah it was it was a little jock humor a little bit but like it was it was it was pretty good i mean the fact that he came over to sign for us at all um was cool 
the fact that he came over while this like person was um was yelling in his ear was also cool. And then the fact that like as he's signing our our autographs, he did that joke and it was like, okay, that's 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 pretty good. Like all of those things on top of each other like was was a collective, you know, plus for for the guy. He was he has like kind of like a beard, like not a crazy long beard, but like a a full like kind of beard and he was wearing like a camouflage hat. He looked like he was about to go shoot a deer, um, <laughs> but, uh, and, but yeah, he came over and signed for us. And so like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he is from and, Texas. Uh, uh, I looked it up. So, you know, okay. I guess that, yeah. that, that makes sense. Um, I would even guess like Arkansas or something like even sure. like more woodsy than Texas, but like, yeah, like that. Yeah. That all makes sense for sure. Yeah. He definitely, definitely carries it that way. Uh, I also asked him too, cause he hit like, maybe 230 in, in 2019 and, and about 50 at bats. Uh, you know, he, he, he's had some, he had a year at least where he was good at the plate. So, you know, so I actually, I asked him as we were getting his autographs, I said like, Hey, Caleb, how do you feel about pitchers not hitting this year? And he was like, Oh, I'm not too big a fan of it. Uh, which was, which was cool. He was like quiet about it, but, uh, you know, um, it was, it was kind of fun that he was like willing to, willing to talk to us a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Um, he, uh, um, he also said he said something else because you said then you said like yeah you know you, you you're pretty good with the bat and he said something like yeah I'm not not bad or something like that <laughs> like so that, that was pretty cool um that one like I was the the only thing that like irked me about that one is that I didn't have his card on me sure so he signed my scorecard too and like I have a I have fucking you know too many Caleb Smith cards to that I know what to do with here at the house <laughs> so I, I could have had him I could have easily brought one but I I only brought. You know, I wasn't going to bring everyone on the roster or, like, dig through my boxes for, like, everyone on the roster. Um, Caleb Smith was not one of the, the top guys I had on my mind um, of getting his autograph. But, at, you know, of course, afterwards, I wish I, I got it on a card. And he's a guy who hasn't been in any sets either. So it was uh, kind of cool um, to get him. So, um, yeah, it would have been cool to get him on a card. But, uh, but yeah, it was definitely cool overall. Yeah, hell yeah. Um the one like uh, kind of mistake that this that this Chris uh, autograph guy made was uh, Merrill Kelly came out very early on. He didn't Pete his starting pitcher for the Diamondbacks didn't pitch that night, so he he was on the first bus pretty early. And Jeremy and I recognized him. Uh, yeah, yeah. I that, actually think he mm-hmm. he I think he actually came out. Was it maybe when Gallon came out or when maybe it was when Caleb Smith was over. He came out like around right around the time that someone else was over by us, I think. But okay, yeah, he, I know that that Marte came, did did that too. I think Marte might have come out uh, while uh, while Smith was there. But I, I we did we did see Kelly, and I think we kind of meekly yelled something at him, but uh, uh, to no avail. He just we just went on the bus, which is fine. Um, mm-hmm. But much later on, this Chris guy was like, "Hey, I think that's Merrill Kelly," and he was like dead set on yeah. this being Merrill Kelly, even though it looked nothing like Merrill Kelly. And yeah. I, I think I said to him, like, you know, I was like, ah, you know, I think he might have come out earlier. I, I don't think that's Merrill Kelly. But this guy, this Chris guy wasn't having it. So the guy, the pitcher comes out, or whoever the fuck it was, comes out. And, and Chris, Chris very, pretty, pretty loudly, he's like, hey, Merrill. And then, like, the guy, the guy didn't even acknowledge him. And he just, he just went on the bus. It was yeah. kind of, kind of, you, you were kind of embarrassed just for everybody in that moment. And then Chris goes, he's like, I, I don't think that was Merrill Kelly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. And then I was like, then I, I think I, I couldn't remember when I said this, but it was after that. And I said like, yeah, man, I think he came out when Gallon was signing or whatever, or mm-hmm. when, you know, whoever it was. Um, so yeah, like we were like, it's, that's a weird situation where it's like, you know, it's not like one of us where like, 
if I'm like, you know, oh, that's Merrill, that's Merrill, and like you could be like, dude, we missed. He came out already. You know, we, you know, with a guy we don't know, we we, we couldn't like just kind of browbeat him. So we were just like, yeah, man, I really don't think that's him, but uh, yeah. you know, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so he was he was looking for Bumgarner. He, he was, was like he, he wanted he wanted Bumgarner bad. Yeah, for sure. And we were speculating if he was even in the ballpark that sure. night. Sure. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be cool. I I never for a second thought he would sign for us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I thought at least it, I was like, well, at least we'll we'll get to see him up close. Like that would be kind of cool because he's a he's an interesting looking guy and he's been around for a long time and uh, um, he's been yeah. in some big things, some big moments in baseball in the last decade. Yeah, um, so I thought it'd at least be cool to see him, but uh, no sign of him at all. We never saw him at all. No. Actually, when um <clears throat> when Gallon came out, I think that Chris guy thought that was Bumgarner, and yep. then as I got closer, I'm like, oh no, that's Zach Gallon. Yep. And then like I got the card and we got him. Um, but uh, we fucking got him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like he thought that was Bumgarner, and like they kind of have similar hair at this point in their lives. But um, yeah, no, never, never once saw Bumgarner. We don't know if he was in Chicago, if he like left out the, you know, visit the home team exit or what. But we never saw him. No. Um, <clears throat> we were we were talking to this guy. This guy was like, yeah, you know, like uh, we actually, I was saying like, um, yeah, you know, Bumgarner. This is a another clue as to like what kind of an asshole he probably is, but he doesn't have, he's not like, he doesn't have a contract with tops. So tops can't make a baseball card of him. So he hasn't, he hasn't had a tops baseball card since like 2014, maybe or something. And um, so I didn't, I don't think I had any cards of his to bring. Um, not that I was expecting to get him autographed anyway, but I said that to this Chris guy and he's like, yeah, that he's like, I brought this ball for him to sign. And, um, you know, he's like, yeah, I figured, yeah, I got no cards, so I figured I'd, I'd get him on the ball. Like, he's worth getting on a ball. And um, he said at some point, he's like, yeah, man, Kershaw and Bumgarner won't sweet spot it. And did you do you know what that is, Jack? Uh, yeah, that was that was some he- uh, hefty jargon you guys were using there. What does that mean? Yeah, that I have um, a rough idea, but yeah. So basically, on the baseball, where the seams come together and it's kind of like the thin part, like. Um, if you look at a major league baseball, the sweet spot is where it says like official major league baseball, mm-hmm. but then there's another, there's two sweet spots. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's another one. And like when you get one guy to sign a car or sign a ball, you, that's where you want them to sign it. Um, if a team, if a team like, you know, like an all-star team or something passes a ball around and everyone signs it, you like the players leave the sweet spot for the coach. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's a thing in in autographs for sure, and I, I guess apparently Kershaw and Bumgarner won't sign on the sweet spot, and I'm like, why is, why why is that? And he's like, yeah, I think it's just they don't want guys flipping their 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 autos, and so sure. like, yeah, I guess yeah, so I guess like they purposely ruin the ball or like sign it in a bad spot, so no one would want to buy it, I guess, which is kind of weird to kind of devalue your brand. Um, to foil flippers, but um, yeah, it, that was definitely yeah, that was like definitely like we were getting like into the jargon there at, at some point. So like we were both throwing down that we're like <laughs> we're we're graphers, you know. For sure. Um, yeah, I uh, well, it, it's not surprising that those would be two guys who would, we should just do an episode of like guys who probably don't sweet spot. Um, <laughs> that, would, you know. that would be very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I uh, I will say uh, that I I wanted to see Bumgarner and I wanted him to come out just to see how much he wouldn't sign. 
Yes. Know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, just to see how much he would he would blow us off. That would have been interesting. Uh, we, we were speculating, like, yeah, like Roger Clemens, when he pitched with the Yankees, had a contract where he didn't have to go on the road. And, you know, uh, sometimes, like, you know, they flew Michael Lorenzen back to uh, L.A. the day before his start, and he wasn't available to pinch hit a couple weeks ago for Joe Madden. So, like, you know, Bumgarner was starting on Saturday, so maybe he wasn't even in Chicago yet. Maybe he Maybe he's able to fly out the day before he starts and then just, you know, just stay one night and then go back, which is, you, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be surprised if he had that in his contract. Definitely. I'm sure he negotiated for some preferential treatment, especially to come to Arizona. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, um, yeah, who knows about that? He did end up pitching. So we saw the Thursday game. He pitched the Saturday game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm not sure what the deal was there. No. Um, I guess, so other, I guess, we could just maybe run run down the rest of the highlights. We we did get Paven Smith, yeah, uh, his autograph. Um, it was I got like the last I, one we got. Yeah, I got him on a, a rookie card, a Topps Heritage rookie card, which looks really cool um, uh, to have. Um, trying to think, you got him on the scorecard, Jack, right? Yes, um, I did. I there was another guy who came out. Oh, Melanson. Mark Melanson came yep. out at the same time, yeah, and we were kind of speculating, like, oh, would we have rather gotten Paven Smith or Mark Melanson? Um, you know, I think Melanson would have been cool, and I, I have a Paven Smith card, like a real autograph, like from like from like a product. Uh, I have a couple of Paven Smith autos, um, but I didn't have a Melanson card, and Melanson was also like with his like kid or something, so like he probably wouldn't have signed anyway. I'm yeah. guessing. Um, I guess what Ian Kennedy came out at the same time too. Uh, yeah, I think I, it must have been those two guys. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if they were on the the Yankees at the same time. I, Melanson was on the Yankees at, at one point briefly. Hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I you know either one of those guys would have been cool and like in a vacuum, like or in like a different like on their own, I would have definitely tried to call for them. Uh, I would have definitely liked to have got them on a card, and I was going to if I had more time to pull cards, but I didn't. But uh, I'm okay with Paven Smith. It would be cool if he had, if he could, like, you know, kind of, you know, establish a, a good career for himself. So, like, the card would be even cooler. But, um, but yeah, you know, I've kind of been following him since he was a rookie. So, um, it was cool for me. Yeah, and he hit, he hit a home run in that series. So, um, who knows? Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's on the upswing. Uh, so, we, uh, you know, eventually we, we left. Uh, uh, so, well, we're still... Uh, uh, well, we might we might as well just say this first. Uh, uh, so we left the Diamondbacks. We waited till the bitter end. We waited till the last bus left, uh, and then we decided to to book it uh, and and head home. Um, but first, uh, we as we were at the corner of Clark and Addison, uh, Jeremy, what what did you hear? What did you hear? That well, uh, yeah. So we were, um, you know, uh, uh, Clark the the you know Clark Street. Even on a Thursday night after a Cubs game is is pretty busy. There's a bunch of people walking around. There's a lot of bars over there, so there's a lot of bros and scumbags around there, going like bar hopping. And um, there were like uh, there were there was like these two groups of people like kind of walking past each other, and we were kind of like walking right alongside of them. But I heard these two guys say to this other guy something 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 i don't know like you want like you want something or something like that and the one guy from the group turned around and like then the two guys stopped and they kind of like were coming at each other and i don't know if they were like getting in each other's face or what but there was there were some like words happening i don't know if they were hostile words or what but um it looked a little dicey 
And I'm like, is this like a gang situation that just happened? Like, or a drug deal or something? Like, I sound like such a square, but um, <laughs> it was like some kind of like, some sort of like, like two, two different groups, like somehow came together. And I'm like, that seems like a, a, a recipe for something not good. Sure. And so I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's get out of here, Jack. Let's cross. And, um, the, the, the light was actually green on Addison. So we were kind of like, we, there was a car coming basically. And, um, we couldn't, we couldn't just cross the street right away, but I was, I was, I was kind of itching to just get out of there, like get at least across the street. Um, cause it looked like, I don't, I didn't know what quite was going to happen, but uh, I wanted to get out of there for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, a dicey. Uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, like you said, I, th- I think the question was, they asked like, you sort of asked who you, who you repping? Or something like that, um, but it would. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was, but uh, it would have been funny if it was just very wholesome, you know? Like, man, I'm I got I got wisdom now. I got Schwindel, <laughs> and it's just like a commercial for a, for Cubs, uh, you know, for for a Cubs for Cubs jerseys or something. Yeah, like no, he's like, yeah, it's like, oh man, you know, oh you got uh, David Ross's autograph. Oh, did he sweet spot it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah, but uh, anyway, so we, we started walking north on uh, Clark Street, uh, which is which is home for us. Um, uh, and uh, we, you know, we pa- you, when you do that, you pass the Cubs parking lot. So just uh, you know, Jeremy kept his eyes fe- eyes peeled for any Cubs who may have been walking south on Clark Street on the opposite direction of us. Didn't see any, but when we got to the players' parking lot, we decided, well, let's just go over there and check out what's happening briefly. Right yeah. as we were getting out of there. Um, uh, Jonathan VR and Christopher Morell were coming out. Now Morell was playing in just his third game for the Cubs. Uh, uh, we got to see that, which was pretty cool. Um, and uh, uh, first of all, Jeremy didn't believe me when I was like, "Hey, Jeremy, look, is that like <laughs> is that, is that some guys?" And you're like, "Who? Like what?" And well, then uh, yeah, th- th- that's what goes into my next note here. Like there was a guy, Jack. Like so. There's the stadium, and then there's like they built the like big like office building next next door to it. Now it looks like a shopping mall, but I think the Cubs front offices are in there. And then I guess the Cubs clubhouse has an exit that leads through there, um, so they don't have to go through the stadium. Um, but Jack was like, "Hey, hey, who's that? Who's that?" And I was looking at like this. I wasn't looking in the state in the uh, building. I was looking on the sidewalk, and all I saw was like this tall guy with like bleach blonde hair, and I'm and he looked like Art Alexakis, this the lead singer from Everclear. And I'm like, who, like that guy? Like I, I'm like, I was like, Jack, I really don't think that's a that's a guy. And uh, you're like, no, no, I don't, I don't know. Look, look, like you know, take a look. And then like all of a sudden, the door opens and these guys come out. I'm like, oh my god, it's Christopher Morell and. Jonathan VR. Uh, but I was like, yeah, there was this like goofy, like tall guy with like it. He had like black hair, but it was like bleached on top. And I'm like, who this is, that's not a guy, Jack. So I, I, I just didn't know who you were pointing at. <laughs> um, well, uh, it, it turned out that, you know, awesome. Awesomely enough, it was, it was Morell and VR. Uh, and so Jeremy recognized Morell. I, I wouldn't have, I don't think. Uh, but you know, Jeremy was like, Hey, Hey Christopher. Um, and he, he fucking signed for us, man. Uh, it was cool. Jeremy, you told him congratulations. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting uh, called up and hitting that Homer in that first game. Um, <clears throat> it was pretty cool. Um, I did get him in South Bend, whatever. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was cool. Um, and like, I would have liked to get VR too, but, yeah. um, VR kind of took a step away and like, kind of like started looking at his phone or whatever. And like, I mean, that was kind of cool too. He kind of, it seemed like he kind of maybe gave 
Morrell like the the spotlight to like you know sign a big league you know autograph or whatever and Morrell looked like he didn't look like super excited to sign it for us but um he was kind of like smiling like he like kind of like you know was kind of going with the flow or whatever so um yeah it was cool to get him and like he had a really cool cool big signature yeah uh, put his number down and um yeah it was uh it was very cool yeah, it was uh, it was, yeah, good, definitely a good moment, especially since it was only his third game. So that, that was cool. Um, so we, we decided to stop it at a at the local bar. You know, people, uh, as George Thorogood would say. Um, and uh, so we, we went to a bar after the game just to grab a couple beers. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we, we saw some to, Cubs fan there. We went to G Man. Yeah, the G Man, formerly the Ginger Man. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they changed it. The Ginger Man is like a cool name, and G Man yeah. is a lame name. But yeah, it's the only like tolerable somewhat to- tolerable bar on clark street mm-hmm. um so we went there and um yeah yeah it's um it's weird because like the reason why it's tolerable is because not as many frat boys and and uh scumbags i think is what i said yeah yeah frat um, boys and scumbags yeah yeah <laughs> um which like you know maybe they're one in the same but um like uh not as many of those people go into that bar like it's right next to the metro so if anything like you know concert people go in there or whatever which might not be much better but um uh but yeah there was one guy there who was like wearing i so i he he looked like an idiot and i i said to jack at one point i said like i mean come on man what are you doing like what are you thinking dressing like that i'm like you're a clown you're a mascot you're you're a jester (laughs) and and he was just wearing but he actually i think i think he actually was wearing a a jester's hat yeah like he was wearing like some kind of like multicolored like like uh shiny hat i think yeah i don't understand why somebody would throw themselves under the under the bus for uh you know just to wear something like that it's is pretty goofy um uh, but yes, yeah, so he was like the only like there was, and maybe he was with a couple friends. I don't know if his friends were dressed as ostentatiously as he was, but um, uh, yeah, it was like he he was pretty goofy looking, and uh, that was the only like kind of goofball uh, Cubs goofball that was there at least I'll say. Yeah, um, the, yeah, there, yeah. There there were a couple of other guys there. They were they were next to us, but they you know they didn't they didn't make too much of an impact until later in the night. Uh, you know what. Eventually, the subject came up, and it was just sort of like a bar-wide subject about the uh, the the face the Facebook settlement that happened recently. I, I was not signed up for that, although I would have the class action lawsuit. Although I you know I would have been eligible for it because I think I yeah. was on Facebook during the time that all of this stuff was happening. But so uh, we, any, we should yeah. just say we should because it's it's Illinois only. We should just kind of explain it. Like apparently, like so in like from like the years like um, I don't know two thousand nine or two thousand eleven or something like that. Facebook was using like facial recognition software, which is fucking scary because they didn't really advertise it back then. Like now I think you can like kind of do a thing where it's like it can find if you tag someone in a picture, it can find multiple pictures of them or it can suggest a person. But like apparently I feel like they were like doing it like without telling people. And so someone sued them um, and you had to join this class action lawsuit in Illinois. And if you did, you like I got a thing like. I looked in my, well, I was at work the other day, like last week, and I got a notification. It's like, you have received $397 from PayPal, uh, like in your PayPal account. And I looked it up and I'm like, what? And like, I looked and there's $397 in my bank, in my PayPal account. And uh, it was like Facebook biometric settlement. 
And um, <clears throat> I looked in my email and like back in October of 2020, there was like a form that I got in, in an email saying I may be entitled to some money. And so I filled this out. And then, yeah, like, you know, fast forward to like uh, a year and a half plus later, I get uh, a cool 397 in my bank account or uh, in my PayPal account. And so like, yeah, that, that kind of came up in the bar and like the bartender was like, yeah, yeah. So what? Yeah. So you got, so who else got the 400? Like, you know, and like, um, I like raised my hand and like, uh, even though, you know, I don't think you should, I don't know. I, I would, I would advise against raising your hand to tell people you have $400. Um, although someone, someone did something like that with exponentially higher <laughs> with a exponentially higher amount of money in just a little bit. But yeah, so I was like, yeah, I got it. And, uh, these, these guys, these guys were concert guys. They had come, just come from the Metro show. And, um, one guy looked kind of like regular enough. He was maybe wearing like a Dickies jacket or something. But the one guy, the other guy had like long, like blonde hair and like a beard and glasses. And he looked kind of like a goof, like a kind of like a rocker guy. Um, and, uh, he's like, yeah, man, I got it too. And like, uh, you know, I was like, you know, and we kind of signified, I maybe like cheers the guys because of it. Um, and, uh, I told Jack like what the, what the situation was. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, and then I said to the guys, I'm like, Hey man, yeah, you know, like that's cool. You know, a hundred or 400 bucks. Like I'll take that. And I was, I said something like, I tried to say something like, yeah, even though, you know, I'm sure like some, someone in like, you know, China has like my facial recognition data, you know, somewhere now, but I'll take the 400 bucks. And like the one guy goes like the, the long haired guy goes like, like, yeah, man, we totally got fucked by Zuck, by Zuckerberg, man. And then like, I'm like, yeah, man, like totally. Like that's exactly what it was. It's Zuckerberg. And he's like, Hey man, but I'll take a Zuck fuck any day for 400 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that immediately went right into the, uh, into the notes, uh, for this episode. Um, it would come up later though. Um, the Cardinals came up at some point and, uh, I don't know if it, it's involving this next character or not, but like the Cardinals came up at some point and then that, that guy, goes like i'm a cardinals fan and then i was like oh boy okay all right well show's over or something and uh and then i I said something like there was a lot of goodwill until just now and then like the guy just like stuck his middle finger up at us and like a couple other people were like oh no cardinals fan and he just like had his middle finger stuck up and it's like we were joking around and then and he i guess that was his way of also joking around but it's like he, I felt, I feel like he took it maybe just a little step further than we were. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it, it was a little bit bizarre. Uh, and yeah, th- that that guy was also like talking about the Johnny Depp lawsuit, and he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, man, like there's these musicians I know, like successful musicians, and they just have houses where like, you know, people could just live in them, and they don't even like live there or care. It's That's just right. like, all right, all right, dude, all right, let you know, you've had yeah, enough. Cause- Cause he was, cause, and he was like likening that to Johnny Depp, who like yeah. apparently has houses that people just stay, he just lets people stay in, which is kind of fucked up. But like, but it's like, dude, I don't think you know people who are as rich as Johnny Depp. No, so. no, yeah. fuck no. Um, yeah. yeah. So there was that guy, but then you know, I guess I guess the uh, the last thing of the night here, uh, a uh, a lady came in who was a vendor at Wrigley Field. I think she said she she was a nacho vendor. Um, yeah, in the left field corner. Yeah, and and so she comes in, and she was just like a nuclear bomb on this yes. whole place. Like ev- everything was pretty calm, and like Jeremy and I were just talking and enjoying our beers, and then all of a sudden this lady comes in and just disrupts like everything that's going on in the and, bar. 
And she was older than everyone. She's a yeah. little older lady. Like, uh, she definitely like had like this weird energy to her. Um, she had already been drinking for sure. Like, I think she was at another bar that closed, and she can't. She she wandered over to G Man because it was like it's kind of like the latest bar that's open on that strip. Uh, at least as you get further north of the park, I guess. Yeah, it's probably the only bar that's open. Um, and she she was almost like an SNL character or something in the sense like a Chris Farley character where like yeah. she, would, she would say something and then she would just laugh uproariously about it even if it yeah. even if it wasn't funny at all. She kind of like had like a Sherry O'Terry vibe to her too a little bit. Yeah. Like what do you guys think? You think it's funny? <laughs> like just, you know, some some kind of weird stuff like that. And she was just like a one woman show. Like she was completely by herself and uh, you know bless her for for going out to a bar by herself. And she was like, you know, trying to like make merriment amongst everyone. But like, it was that kind of like, just like intense uh, vibe that like we were no the, the the she was like way she was like about ten notches higher in vibe than the room was. Like we were all just we were all just yeah sitting at the bar like like kind of elbows on the bar like sipping our beers. And she came in and she was just like yeah she's like all right hey come on guys you, you know who wants to tell a joke like you know. Like it was just, it was weird. Uh, just definitely higher, higher octane than like any of us were. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Uh, she uh, eventually she it came to be it came out that you know she, so she did work at Wrigley Field, which was obvious because she still had her like Wrigley Field shirt on. But um, she said that uh, she had gone to Marquette University and was a lawyer uh, for a number of years, but eventually quit doing that, and I guess now works part time at Wrigley Field. I don't know. But she said she went. Story. Yeah. Yeah. She said she went to Marquette University. So you know, it turned out that she was a Packer fan too. So anyway, I I just I said, hey, like you know, I'm I'm a big Marquette fan or whatever. And she goes, she goes, hey, hey, McKnight, and <laughs> I just I just kind of looked at her and I was I was nonplussed. And I mean, there there's a bunch of like old players from the '60s and '70s who like I don't I don't know, but like I've heard people reference. And but I've never heard anybody reference McKnight. Now Marquette's all-time leading scorer is Jarrell McNeil, um, and obviously their most famous coach won a national championship with them in 1977. Hall of Fame guy uh, Al McGuire. Like mm-hmm. so, I, uh, I I just I like I paused. There was like a pregnant pause after she said McKnight, and I was like, uh, "You mean uh, McGuire?" And she went, "Right, right." Um, yeah. yeah, as if she was like testing me. Yeah, I, but but she wasn't. She was just she was just wrong about about this guy's name. I don't know if she was just too drunk or like she didn't really know. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, I guess. I mean, McGuire McKnight. Like, it's not. It's not like. Um, you know, it's not O'Donnell uh, O'Malley or something. But it was pretty. It's pretty cool. I guess you could. I could see the connection there, but. It was, um, <laughs> it was, it was odd. It was odd. Uh, like it would be like if I said like, yeah, Joe Mathis, <laughs> like you mean Joe Madden? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, it was, it was weird. Um, so, um, so yeah, that was weird. We should also say too, that she, she kind of came in and she wanted to buy everyone shots and we were like, nah, like, you know, like we're good. Like, I think, I think, uh, Jack actually said, He's like, he has to work in the morning or whatever, which I did. I had to like work yeah. in the morning and like she, but then like, of course, like the Cardinals guys got, he's like, Hey, I guess if you're buying, I'll take do a shot or something like that. But like, um, so some people like did shots or whatever, but, um, she was like, yeah, she's like, 
strike it rich, strike it rich. And, uh, and she's like, I had the, I had him, I had him. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I was like, what? And like, I'm like the Derby. And she's like, yeah, yeah. The Derby strike it rich. I had him and I had the long shot. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a big score. That's pretty good. And she's like, yeah, I had a hundred bucks on him. And, um, I'm like, that seems like a lot of money to put on. an. so the horse, uh, well, I'll say this. The horse's name was Strike It Rich uh-huh. or, 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 or Rich Strike. Yeah. But she was calling it Strike It Rich. Um, and so there was that. So that was another McGuire yeah. night uh, uh-huh. situation, except with a horse. Um, but uh, so, yeah, she's not good with people, not good with horses. But everyone else, she's, she's you know, impeccable. But, um, but yeah, so she had Strike It Rich. And, like, it was an 80 to 1 odd shot that won the Kentucky Derby. And, like, that's an awesome story. It was really cool. Um trainer turned out to be a piece of shit afterwards it was you know something on twitter um and it wasn't just rap lyrics this time um Oof. but uh but yeah it was bad um and so um but like yeah so she apparently had a hundred dollars on it which means she won eight thousand dollars um well actually no that would have been no maybe she said she had a thousand on it because she she had eight thousand dollars or something she said but i'm like a thousand dollars on an 80 to one that's crazy yeah like I don't think she had a thousand dollars on that horse. Anyway, whatever, it doesn't matter. But that was her like kind of basis for buying everyone shots. Although that happened like three weeks. That happened like a month ago, and at that time it had happened like three weeks ago. So, you know, I guess she's letting that eight thousand stretch. But like, um, but yeah, that was her her like kind of like reason for buying trying to buy people shots. Um, that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so she was like, but yeah, so she said that. And then um, she was talking about, uh, you know, her fan, her like her customers. And she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, I take care of my customers. Like, I take care of my customers. You know, they have my number. They they call me up and they like tell me when they're coming to the game or whatever. And I take care of them. You know, she's like, I just, I just, you know, I, I hook them up with free beer. All I say is buy the first beer, keep the cup and just tip. <laughs> and, it's like, and like I was like, okay, that's okay. You, you just. First of all, like, who cares if, like, I guess maybe they count the cups. I don't know. They don't count the beer, but they maybe they count the cups or something. But, like, she's like, just keep the cup. And just buy the first one and keep the cup. And, like, she said it, she said it, like, three or four times, I feel. Yeah. And then so much so that, like, <laughs> at the, like the, at, towards the end of the night, she was, like, talking about, she's like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, just, I think maybe she said to us, like, we were, like, leaving. And she's like, all right, just, uh, you know, you know what to do. If you, if you come, you know, come see me and then she's like, buy the beer. And then like I said together, I'm like, keep the cup. Right. Like, and like I said it with her, like, as she said it, because I had memorized her, her slogan at that point. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a weird situation. We kind of just got out of there, I guess. Right. Was there. Yeah, no, we, we did. You know what the funny thing is though, man, not once did we ever mention to her that we went to the game. Oh yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. Right. Cause we didn't want to go there. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I yeah, definitely should not tell her that I go to like, you know, 15 games a year. <laughs> um, yeah, for all I know, I I could have been from uh Tennessee like that like that Usher suggested. I'm like, "Nope, nope, I'm a Tennessee Smokies fan just here, just here visiting, you know, not a super fan at all." So, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, one funny thing I'll say, Jeremy, is you you had a classic, you had another one of your classic lines uh, after she said, I think she did say she had put a hundred dollars on that horse, and, and and you just you just turned to me and you whispered, "There's no way she put a hundred bucks on that horse." <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. So, yeah, I don't. I mean, 
I don't know. I guess yeah. It do, do was it a hundred jack? Is that was I was I right the first time? Uh, yeah, I think it was a hundred, which would make it like eight thousand. Um, uh, uh, yeah, but it was uh, yeah, it was an interesting end uh, to the evening uh, for sure. Um, but it was you know it was overall it was it was a good night, Jeremy. That might have been one of the better Cubs games we've been to, just yeah. in terms of what happened. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff there. The the I think we got the most autographs at that game that we ever got. Uh, so yeah. that was pretty cool. And um, yeah, so I'm 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 just doing my math over here. It's like yeah, that would be eight thousand dollars. Okay, cool. Anyway, um, yeah, it was a cool night. And then uh, weirdness at the end there, but um, that's what you get for going out drinking on a Thursday night, I suppose, right. especially in Wrigleyville. Um, so, but it, it could have been worse. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was uh, definitely the autographs hall was very. Um, invigorating, especially because we had not we we had been over going into that night. So good good stuff. Yeah, yes, it was, Jeremy. Um, well, uh, we don't we don't have a, a game coming up and uh, any any ones in the works, but uh, we'll we, certainly yeah we get, had hoped to we had we had hoped to we were um you know maybe gonna go this week um and uh, I don't know even if we do go like the weather's like not cooperating I'm gonna be out of town for the next week so we're gonna try to get you something uh while I'm gone, it'll either be next week or we might have to miss next week and bring something like the week I get back. But, um, yeah, we're, we're going to try to give you at least one, one thing over the next two weeks. Um, and then, you know, be back, be back at it. But, um, yeah, maybe a little bit of a little bit of a blip here while I'm out of, uh, the country. Yeah, so we'll for sure. see. Um, but I think that's going to wrap this one up. So for rain delay theater, uh, I am Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Later. Later.